My name is Thomas Proffitt. I'm a filmmaker based outside Philadelphia, PA, and I'm looking to create a life for myself writing and directing films. On this podcast, I give my take on things as well as interview friends, filmmakers, and interesting folks about just about anything. You can find the full podcast catalog at ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's and two T's. You can also find clips from my episodes there as well as my films. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Tom Profit Take. Refeeding the fire. Rekindling the fire. This is the Darlene Rogan podcast, you know. <laughs> All right. I wish. Uh, Welcome to the Thomas Prophet Podcast, number three. Th- yep, it's three. Um, where basically I sit down with uh, fellow filmmakers, or no, friends, ri- rising filmmakers, and interesting folks. And yeah, we're here with Darlene, Darlene A. Sacco, which yes. I got that right that time. That's me. And uh, she's Happy from Feeding the Fire, if anybody's seen that. Oops. Don't want to <laughs> spill this on the, the beginning of the podcast. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll start with, um, how did we meet? That's a good question to start with, I think. That's a great question. Um, well, I was looking on film.org, um, for acting jobs and I had messaged you and it, I believe was for feeding the fire, but you were like, sorry, (laughs) we're going a different direction. Um, which means in the film industry we don't want you so i was like fine whatever so then like months had passed and all of a sudden i get this email from you and you were like oh hey you auditioned because i sent i submitted stuff for you i think Mm -hmm. um for that audition you were like we're going a different direction um then you like randomly emailed me and was like hey you may be good for this role would you like to audition for me and i was like oh yeah of course i mean as an actor you have to get what you can take take what you can get you know so then I submitted, remember I submitted the wrong take? It was the one where I messed up and I was yeah, I like, that. oh no. But sometimes you, you know. It, it made it more genuine. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I, well, it, that's good. I see, guess my personality if you, if you came out. you have to like worry about like people being ingenuine or whatever, it's like if somebody's going to like say, oh, we don't want this person because they sent the wrong clip. Right. You don't want to work for them. You don't want to work with them. So Exactly. We're all human. We make mistakes. But, but yeah. then I auditioned for you for Boys Will Be Boys. Yeah. And then I guess you saw some sort of something in me. And then... I saw opinion. It's <laughs> like, all right, she's got opinions. That's I got probably, a whole lot of them. That's probably the reason why I was like, ah, she's probably got opinions. <laughs> First time I saw you, I was like... Yes. But no, yeah, I think... Um, you know, I was, I was just, I had kind of my mindset on, on one thing when it came to feeding the fire and that was kind of the reason why. And, and I think like you, when you're casting, it's, it kind of sucks for like everybody because you get caught up in this thing you're looking for. And often when you find it, it's not what you wanted when it comes to casting because you, you can't really know that much about somebody when you first when you meet them instantaneously um, yes. or th- actually there's times when you, you meet somebody for the first time and you you get to know them or more more so it's like when you're talking to somebody online um or getting like a like in this case uh, a, a f- like a video or just a picture of somebody a headshot 
Yes. Um, it's like it's it's a different thing in person, and often like in film, um, the reason they say you want to kind of like you want to watch the action right next to the lens versus if you're like the director, you don't versus watching the screen is a screen deceives you. Um, but if you really want an accurate representation of somebody, who they are and what you're going to, what the audience is going to feel seeing them, you have to be not by the lens because when you're looking at it, like on a big screen, it's very different. Right. Right. Um, I think that's so true though. I think that, you know, a part of being a good, um, a good actor is like, you don't, like you, you are yourself still. Like you don't lose yourself completely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like, you know, Darlene Sacco playing this character. But the thing is that you're bringing the genuineness of that character by, you know, being just true to those emotions. So when you see that person in real life and you're interacting with them, you always are like, oh, well, this makes sense. And that's why like you typecast, I feel like. Um, because it's like, oh, your personality fits this um, person you know, or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, like you 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 look for something, um, and you kind of project what your you think something is or what somebody you think somebody is. Um, but it's so like what I've realized is meeting um like all the actors I meet um and getting to know them uh. A lot of times, you know, if I didn't know them already, I wouldn't have had this idea for how they would work for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I would or if I didn't get to know them better, I wouldn't realize that, yeah, this person can play this character. Right. Right. Um, Which is the challenge of an audition, because it's like if you got to know me, I feel like you would put me in this part rather than me reading these lines um, very just kind of you know, um, distant from like who you are as a person because you find those intricacies in you as a person and you're like, oh my gosh, I really like this girl. Or, you know, like she doesn't, she's not ideally what I pictured her looking like. Cause sometimes you get people that look exactly like the character, but they are not at all acting like you want the character to act. And then that's yeah. hard. Um, and yeah. Or they look like the person this another person you know that reminds you of the person yes yeah and i think that's what i was looking for the first time i was looking for somebody who reminded me of that person and um it kind of yeah it just it got in the way of of looking for somebody who could play it for feeding the fire yeah and then and then meeting you first time i was like ah yeah she works like <laughs> yeah so we I feel like that everyone says that. <laughs> we basically like Starlene's <laughs> Darlene's existence. <laughs> you just gotta, you know, get around me. Well, I think I'm just very like I come off in my either like my pictures your or online I, presence. Yeah, I come off very different than I am in person. Yeah. I've heard people say that too, and I'm like, well, I don't really know how to fix that. Um get a get a cinematic monologue <laughs> remember those yes i never that never went anywhere well i never we, tried it well we should redo them because <laughs> i don't know i picked the wrong oh, that's monologue. what right, we did record just, one for you yeah i don't think they're good though either. i don't think it would be a viable business model just because you're basically you're asking actors to pay I mean, at least $500 for this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, now compared to like... On top of their headshots. Yeah. Oh, I, now though, I would probably go... Bundle? For I, I, for something like that, I'd probably do 800 just just because of, of 
what I've learned in right. terms of production costs and things. Um, cause I mean, I, I'm, I'm recently gotten into wedding videography. Um, oh, yeah. and yeah, like I think, uh, it's, it's changed my evaluation of prices and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, no, I think, um, or no, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would do it 500 or 800, somewhere in between there. Right. But I mean, it's a good idea. I don't yeah. think it's... I might try it or not, but... I think you should definitely have it, has, have it as an option. <laughs> Sorry. Um, because I think it is a good idea because you always get, you know, these just monologues that are... I mean, I hate doing a monologue. I absolutely don't understand why directors still it's, ask for a monologue. It should be scene work and scene work alone. Yeah, it's, it's better. On top of you just like, like talking to the director. I would I do, don't it, I would do it. it this way. I would act, it would actually, you know what? It might be better if, so you do like an actor, I don't know what to call it, but it would be like, you basically pay to like two, two actors or two or more actors pay to have a production mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing is it's like, what are the odds that maybe you could actually get a role? Then you won't need this. Right. So it's like, if you, if you really want, like, if you like, but, but, you know, if we were to do it, two actors, we'd cut the cost in half because mm. they both pay or chip in. And basically, um, it, it would maybe be like 300 each. Um, and then do like a, a scene with, yeah. or 400 each or just, or maybe 300 each. I don't know. Yeah. 350. Um, right. and then, and then they basically do it. We do a scene, we put a production together, we, we plan it all those things um and i think that that might be better um but yeah no i think uh the real thing I've, I've learned is i didn't i didn't think about um or I, I didn't really consider wedding videography because it's so damn important or used to mm -hmm. i used to think of it um think i'd not think of it because it's so important and uh, right. i you know i take that very seriously it's like the most important day of your life you don't want this videographer screwing it up right and 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 i don't i was afraid of getting into it because i was like this is you know i don't what if i'm in the wrong place the wrong time um and i just but then i all of covid i just took this uh online class um oh cool this by this wedding videographer who charges like at base like five thousand dollars like Whoa. if you want a, a five minute video with it for from him my goodness like five thousand i throw five or yeah i think it's five thousand i just feel like the wedding industry is so exploited everyone's just like give me all your money and it's like really but like, like he, he produces enough? incredible wedding films um mm -hmm. jake weisler and he, he, he's part of a full-time filmmaker um $5, and but dollars yeah i so and it was this was one of those courses i i, I invested in full-time filmmaker during like covid um, yeah and it's like why not it's like an 800 dollars course though I, and like from it going from seeing ads for it on youtube or or, or vimeo or no no on facebook yeah it's like you and you and you say you're gonna spend that much money on something i i i'd watched a lot of his videos on or or parker walbeck's videos on youtube and and i was like you know, every minute, like, every, like, like I watched a 20 minute video of his about, uh, lighting setups and on, and camera placement. Yeah. I just found myself using that with everything. And I was like, I'm in, you like, know, well because, because I mean, like I, I, it upped my game so oh, yeah. much. Just well, that you're just one investing video. in your, you yeah. know, what you want to do. I don't think that that's worth and, some money at all. But, but through that class, it, 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 there's a subsection of it that's on wedding videography alone that you can get separate for like mm. 200 something bucks. Mm -hmm. And I think like 250 or something. 
And I was like, I didn't even consider getting it because I didn't think about wedding videography. But mm -hmm. one of the videos in that course caught, caught my eye and, I, and it made me realize it's like, like he was saying, like, you want to diversify your portfolio, which I know. Um, you want to try all these different types of categories with filmmaking, corporate stuff, all this like real estate stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're, if there was one that you could survive on alone, yeah. it's weddings. And I was like, I believe it. I never thought about that, but, but yeah, it makes sense because it's like, I keep hitting that. Um, <laughs> it makes sense because it's like, that's the most important day of your life. You yeah. want it photographed and not only you, do you want it photographed, you want it photographed really well. Mm -hmm. And people pay money too. Yeah. Right? So, and it's people, you're already paying thousands of dollars for your wedding. Right. On, on average, I'm guessing. Um, I think, yeah. Um, but you also want, so you, you want the, you're, you're, so you're more willing to put money out if you're spending it on everything else. Excuse me. Um, but it's like, you're, you, so you're, you're willing to pay, um, big money and you want it done well. You, you like, like I, I, I thought about it. I'm like a lot of business commercials and whatnot. You could do it on an iPhone and, and it would actually probably seem more personable if you mm -hmm. did it yourself. Right. People right. can, people can tell when something's produced by like a big company oh, yeah. versus, or like, or like a production company versus like a, uh, just the people who made it or, right. or make or even talking Definitely. and it's like that might be more effective for them but right. for weddings right. you want somebody who has the equipment the expertise yes. the talent the storytelling ability and i i can offer all that and i realize exactly. that's something that i need to get into and and actually i was really nervous going in but like the more i learned more i was like i could do this oh, just do it's and i had thing to do i watched yeah. his class once and then i was like shit i need to Get take, I should have been taking notes, rewatched the whole thing, like hours of it, and right. then taking notes the entire time. I think it's good that I did it separately. I watched it once without taking notes, so I processed everything, and, mm -hmm. I, and I could remember what was important yeah. and what wasn't. And then I took the notes on everything, and then I took my notes, and I had just 20 pages of notes, I think, and then I just took it all, condensed it to like, I guess, eight pages that were organized, and it was mm -hmm. all, it's all based, it was all organized based on chronology things that I need to do in the process of, of before I even book a wedding to, um, how I, you know, conduct myself like at every stage of it. Right. And right. so, um, yeah, I just, uh, did that. And how much do you charge for a wedding or is that, uh, so base package for me is, is 3000. Cause, uh, oh, nice. I mean, you're getting three cinema cameras, getting your wet, your, your ceremony. Oh yeah. Um, you're gonna, you know, you, you're gonna have a second videographer. You're gonna have it delivered in 4k um and 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 not many videographers shoot on black magics that i've seen mm -hmm. um probably not in this area right or they are i don't know but it's like you're you're getting you're getting some solid stuff well, um that's not bad because then you yeah. have room to grow too um yeah you know what i mean as like a a new videographer but like that's, that's base good. price and then there's a bunch of um i don't i don't do it based on packages i do it based on this is the base price. If you want me to show up and shoot your wedding, this is what you have to pay. Mm -hmm. But if you want, and, and that's like for a five minute video. Now, if you want anything, if you want a longer video, if you want different things with it, say you want a ceremony edit, you yeah. want to edit of the entire 30 minute, an hour ceremony, whatever it is, um, you know, this is going to cost you this. And this yeah. is, and then also if you want a cut of the toast, Ooh. you know, uh, that people give the speeches, you know. You can get that, uh, and I, I with a little dramatic music in the back. Ah, you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, I might actually have to pause and then go tell him, "Can you turn that down?" Because I don't know if it's going to be a copyright issue. 
we're back. Uh, we just have to turn the music down. Um, hopefully this battery doesn't die here. Uh, it's on the last thing I should have checked. Mm. It's our backup though. So yeah. we just got to hope that this thing still works. Um, but uh, cool. let's see. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it still works. But where were, where were we? We were talking about weddings. Weddings. Putting some music in the back and then... Uh... Um, then he went and... Yeah, so... Uh, basically, uh, yeah, if you want extra things, um, that's extra. Right. Um, and so, basically, yeah. No, I just realized that that's such an important um, thing with... Uh, like, like, the demand. There's demand there. Mm -hmm. But, like, with the monologues, I feel like... There's not a demand. Yeah, there's not really that much of a demand. Not much as weddings. So I'm, I'm. That's where I'm all in on that. I'm trying to make that happen. Right. But uh, yeah. I think it's a good option though to have if someone is interested in that. I mean, it's a good mm -hmm. oh, little definitely. thing. Like, oh, I want to do this monologue thing. Um, but I, I really just wish that the industry would get away from monologues and just and and do scene work. Um, and even with scene work, I feel like you never really get to actually show your acting ability until the callback because then they let you, you know, actually act out things with a little bit more looseness and, mm -hmm. you know, like bring you technique. Like, can you do it with this and with, with this inflection or, um, how about try it this way? And in auditions, I just find that it's just more like you go in with a monologue, um, and you have to have it memorized and you get caught up on the memorization. And, you know, when you're doing a film, like it's just it's more about your emotion than am I reading the lines correctly? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just I just yeah. feel like I think honestly, the, and I, this is something I've, you know, that I've learned from um, David Lynch. He kind of confirms this for me um, just from what I've heard from him say you all like what he what he says and I've, i kind of I've kind of been learning from this it, it's like you want to you just want to look at the person talking like you just want to talk to the person or right. let them let them talk and right. hear the words coming out of their, their, their mouth see what they look like when they talk right that's often enough and that's really i think what yes. monologues Thank you. can help you do or not they can actually be counterintuitive uh, you just want to see, you see the person talk naturally because right. then you know who they are naturally that's what I agree with that. And and what you're looking for as a casting director, for what I, what I look for, what I've learned to look for is, is you want to find the character in that person, um, and you want to you want you you want to find somebody who has the character in them naturally. Yes. Oh, naturally, yes. This is what I was getting at. Yeah, exactly. And this is something I learned from uh, the Dustin Hoffman masterclass, which was taken down um, by masterclass, and basically. It, 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 and, and he learned this from uh, people like, uh, what's his name, Brando. If you can't do it 30 times, if you just if you can't do it 30 times the same, it's like, then don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to, if you're going to make, you know, they talk about choices in, in acting. Interesting. Yeah. If you're going to make a choice, make it one that is automatic. It's normal. That's natural to you. Yeah. Like like I'm talking right now should really be exactly the same as your performance. Right. Right. There should be nothing different about it. I Just a thousand don't, percent agree. You don't put on this like mm -hmm. mask or this metaphorically or this like new skin. Be 
as you are and and some exercises right. for that that he talks about um and shows in the master classes basically like brando would talk to the camera or the lighting person um and then they would start rolling and say brando we're rolling it's an, it's the take and then brando would still be talking to the the person and then they'd say all right brando come on and then he would immediately from talking to that person just as he was talking to that person yeah. talk to the actor in the scene yeah and it would anchor him in talking to that lighting person would anchor him into the scene right as the human being he is right so when you see him on screen you're seeing him you're not exactly seeing, yeah you're not seeing him play something you're mm -hmm. seeing him as himself right as the thing he's playing and if you notice the really good big actors you know you're watching you know matt damon you know you're watching meryl streep like but the reason why they're so good is because they capture like they're just being yeah you know, they may have like an accent or makeup you know what i mean but like they're they're acting is coming from themselves like yeah. they're not like oh i'm gonna act like i'm angry they find the anger within them and they portray the real emotion of anger how like meryl streep herself would you know portray that um and i think a lot of actors get a little caught up in um like overdoing that you know and they they think they need to be a, like the the biggest thing i always hear is like oh she's really good at lying so she's a really good actor i'm like that that's actually not true at all um because you have to you can't give false emotion in, in a role you have to have true authentic real mm -hmm. emotion in a role that's why people believe you so if you're lying about something it, because in that moment you're not lying about the emotion that you're supposed to be feeling because if i was like oh i'm feeling sad like i'm feeling sad right now like I'm lying. Like I'm I'm feeling sad right now. Uh, and it's not you. It, <laughs> <laughs> She's just such a great but, actress. You're so good at lying. But you know what I mean? It's like you're not gonna be lying. Like you're gonna find that emotion that is sad and you're gonna portray the yeah. sad emotion. You're gonna actually feel that emotion and not even just portray it. I should probably even not use that word. When, you have to feel that mo emotion and like let that emotion speak um so when someone says oh she's a good liar it's like i don't think that that's what acting is like acting is not lying actually acting is being your true self and bringing true emotion and letting that character speak that character is not lying that character is telling the truth mm -hmm. you know and you're telling the truth for that character so i don't like that uh, yeah i think no i think um i have all my opinions <laughs> I, <laughs> I have words uh <laughs> I, no um i think Wait, the last wedding I shot said I have words <laughs> in the speech. <laughs> I, I just thought that was so funny. Um, so basically, you know, I think when you talk about yeah, when you when you so when I I find I I, I hate lying. Like I, I've yeah. and I, I've realized why I I hate lying. And I like telling the truth more often, and it's not just it's not for any moral reason. It's because it's hard. It's, <laughs> it's harder, isn't it? Isn't and, it? and for moral reasons, but it's like. <laughs> No, but it is really hard to keep up with your lies. It's so it makes life so much harder. And mm -hmm. I real I learned that from from listening to like Jordan Peterson. Like I realized, yeah. I love him. Oh my god. Shout out. Dude, I love you, Jordan binge. Peterson. I've been almost listening to all his podcasts. I'm He's amazing. The series. It's yeah, that's the that's what it is. You're you're making life harder for you because if you if you make a lie, you then have to remember and cat and, and put like a you know, catalog what did you say to this person mm -hmm. and then recall it in the moment. And if you take too long to remember what you said to that person, they instantly know you're lying. Yes. So you are putting undue stress on yourself. Right. And so that's why, like, like don't do that. Like if you can tell the truth and not only, not only those things making it harder because you have to remember everything you, when you tell the truth, 
you're it's easier to fix problems because you, in order to fix a problem, you need to identify it and identify exactly. it with other people. Exactly. Because if you're trying to fix, you, you can you can fix problems on your own, but your ability to fix problems is enhanced when you fix it with other people. Like screenwriting. Yes. Like, it, yep. like I'm, I, I was talking up my last script, my scripts I was working on with Norman last podcast I was on, which was a month or so ago. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't, I, I, I'm just... I'm working on processes to get this, this stuff done faster. And I think I have some solutions, Cool. but basically I realize, you know, where was it going? It was, um, when you, like I was working, I was, I was so many months in on the script and I, I forgot the most important thing that I've learned in the last few years. It's get feedback early and often. And it's kind of like how Jordan Peterson says, it's like, you need to suffer a death, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, and when when you need to you need to when you get feedback, like you need to suffer that death, and it takes like 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 if you're if you want success in life and th things you know to work out, you mm -hmm. need to be willing to sacrifice who you were yes. to become the new person you need to be to succeed. Yeah, and and you can either suffer a bunch of small deaths. Mm-hmm. Or one giant death that right. could be catastrophic and completely wipe you out. Yeah, and that's what the Noah's Ark thing is about. That's what mm -hmm. that is. It's a that's what the metaphor is. It's mm -hmm. like you can either notice the drips coming down, like and or the coming in or the the, the cracks and in, in the water, you know, coming in by drops or whatever. Yeah. Or you can you can or you can like acknowledge it and and build the ark that mm -hmm. will get you through it. And now in this and in life in that that case it's building the arc is doing what you know you need to do to mitigate the problems that are on the horizon that right. you can't right. do, that you you can't ignore that are going to hurt you. And Definitely. and it's like and 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 in life that's having family and friends who mm -hmm. are you know who love you and are willing to fight for you and yeah. and and help you and help you when you're struggling and that you're willing to help right it's having that network and and so that's and getting your that arc. feedback from them um the, do you do you know uh tim gallagher at, yes at, yeah okay. he I um should have him on <laughs> I, you should he's great um well he always would talk about when i was um in one of his classes and i was a uh, costume designer and he would always tell me well he would tell everyone mm -hmm. that uh i think his wife says this but like he always talks about killing you have to kill your babies yeah and that sounds quite morbid but it's true because all of your ideas are like babies to you um and sometimes you just have to let them go because you just either it cannot work it's not a good idea or um you know mainly those two things but uh yeah it's that whole sacrifice thing it's like you have to be willing to like hear but you're really really good at that you're really good at taking constructive criticism, which is uh, why I, I really enjoy working with you. I can throw away a four hundred. I, I did throw away a four hundred page manuscript that I might return yeah. to one day, but like. Oh, you should. I don't think you should throw it. Yeah. No. I think. Um, yeah, I had to learn that the hard way, just from doing stuff and being so like like doing things that, and being so sick of of it not working. Mm -hmm. I was so sick of it, and I was like, yeah, this I want this to work, and I don't care how painful it is 
just rip the band-aid off rip right. it off often so that i can get on with my life yeah. and make things and, yeah and be successful at it and but you're also not like you take your you take constructive criticism but you do also keep your integrity so if you're mm. like oh, i see what you're saying and you, you know you I've take it that the hard way <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I've allowed people to step on me and tell yeah. me this is how it should be and and i i trusted and them follow, right. and then i got feedback on that feedback mm -hmm. from people who did like it and then we're like no 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 you're doing it you you, you yeah. were doing it well the happy balance you know yeah. but that's what's good about get feedback on feedback that's a great yeah like get, and get then feedback about the feedback you're and then discern it on your own and see okay who do i who do i believe in like do i believe my you know original idea was actually good mm -hmm. or you know should it have just been tweaked or should i just nix it all entirely but that that's one of the things i like about working with you is because you know i, I feel like you take constructive criticism really well but you also constructively critique which is good like you don't critique in a way where like you belittle or um yeah. you're like this is awful you, you know you, you <laughs> kind like... of uh you 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 know that some people are different some people can't take that much criticism and you know that there's some people who you can just be like it's fucking sucks like, like <laughs> right, you know? right 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 so you right. have to know that and then you you kind of you gauge that early on you kind of um and 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 if and if you don't know you you try to be you know careful about it i usually i'm trying to be careful right respect yeah. is always any criticism and that's, how, that's where it comes from respect mm -hmm. is giving yeah. the right, right feedback i'm not going to tell somebody oh that's a great idea and then months later they'll realize that it was a terrible idea right. because i've had people do that to me and honesty yes. full circle yeah that's, that's why i, I wanted to, to get back to that high five <laughs> boom but yeah so <laughs> we we're back to that. that back to <laughs> honesty and truth and yeah i think um you like i said you have to <laughs> I love how well that worked. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a moment to acknowledge that. But yeah, you have to be able to be honest and truthful in order to better solve problems and be oh. better in life and and uh just so, be better, better to others too yeah. i mean like who wants to hang around with someone that they can't trust i mean yeah. and especially nowadays i feel like there's so many things that you don't know who to trust what to trust who's telling you the oh, truth yeah. who's not telling you the truth and just like people are like oh it doesn't matter that you lie and it's like it really does though like because if i catch you in a lie my trust is broken it's yeah, like maybe are you he hasn't learned this i know i mean yeah we'll get into that maybe or maybe not i don't know <laughs> that's exactly what i was a little bit getting at is yeah. that i mean this is but it's been accepted by people they're like oh well that lie doesn't matter because of the of this little minor part of the story and it's like they literally are lying about this thing and that lie is being it completely gets rid of the integrity exactly but people don't honor you know virtues anymore and like honesty they're just like whatever like it doesn't matter that they lied it, they still shouldn't have i can bring something up but i'm not gonna do it. but okay. um, but like it's just it's it's unfortunate that we live in such a time where people don't care that others lie but then some people, if they lie, it's all they care about. It's very weird. We live yeah. in very weird times. I, I just <laughs> I know can't. what you're saying. Because then you feel like you, you got it, and then you're like, but wait, in this instant, they only care in this instant if someone's lying, but they can be fed lies all the time. And yeah, just be honest, man. I don't. Just be honest. And, and it's so easy to we, be honest. To go even more full circle, we were talking, we got into this about acting. <laughs> acting yeah like so you you believe that if somebody's a good liar it doesn't necessarily mean they're a good actor oops because I, yeah. I hear that and I, I i i'm not sure i fully have thought about thought through it and what that means and what that entails and um i'm just trying to think like what what could you break that down further why you think that yeah i mean i could be i could definitely be wrong so i mean um 
I'm definitely open to, you know, someone being like, no, you're wrong. But like, I just feel like when you're lying, like if you're not genuine in any sense, like your emotion Mm -hmm. is not genuine. And when you don't, when you're not presenting genuineness, um, it's just, there's, there's fault in that. Um, and I believe like if I was to, I'm trying to think of like an example that I could like, you're like in a scene, if I was breaking up with you, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, like it's not enough for me to be like, I'm going to like tune into my lying side Mm -hmm. and be like, how do I, cause then you would have to say like, how do I lie how do I portray me lying to you? Do you know what I mean? Like you're not, yeah. the, what you would tune into is not a lie. What you would tune into is the emotion that I'm genuinely feeling. So if I had to break up with you, the emotion that I would be genuinely feeling is either relief, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, hard, uh, yeah. this is a, a difficultness, you know, um, but I wouldn't like, but you're portraying those emotions. You have to feel them as an actor. Yeah. And I think when you lie in an emotion, you're not really feeling it. You're just portraying what other people... They're man, it's a manipulation you know thing. I think maybe what it means when somebody's a good a liar, maybe what they're doing is they just automatically know how to go Invoke. to the place and make, and, and feel what they would feel if they were saying the truth. Mm-hmm. And they can they can make that separation between this is me trying to channel the true feelings, and this is not, yeah. now that's that's something true. I think about because that's true. There are times where you you know I I try to tell the truth as much as I can, and then there's times where you you try to skirt around things, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you don't want to talk about it, but like evade evade yes <laughs> and and it's like i i but i try to think how can i do that in a, in a moral ethical way like sometimes there are things that people tell you like like they're like they tell you something that you know you shouldn't tell anybody or um and it because it could hurt them or hurt somebody or right and and you have to find a way to get around that and not give it away that you're not telling the truth because if you, this moment you give it away that you're not telling the truth, then they know the that's an opposite answer. But you have to find a way to convincingly mm-hmm. say like, no, no, that like, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like you know, um, and it's kind of interesting. Like you can be a sociopath with this if you if you study what it, what what well, um, people like know. Like like Dr. Phil, I think talked about what he knows when, or some or somebody talked about what they look for in terms of. When somebody's usually telling the truth or not, I think I think it was Dr. Phil and Joe Rogan talking about how if somebody immediately denies it, often they're telling the truth. Like like mm-hmm. if if you say if you accuse if I accuse or you accuse me of suing doing something, and then I instantly like without even thinking about it, I'm like no like like what are you talk like 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 if, like like that like, means you're you, telling the truth yes. or. And and that means you're telling the truth, especially if you if you drop a a what's it called? I think it's called a a, a mind like either virus or something on them. Which is, right. would there be any reason for is it would there be a reason any reason why this person wouldn't have told me this about you that they saw you going somewhere? Now you have to you it takes a while to process that. But it, 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 if you take time to process that, it's very likely that you're lying. Interesting. Because you, you, you have to, you have to, have to spin think words. of the. Yeah, you have right. to really think about the logic of that. And then like, remember what you did. Did they said. see me mm-hmm. there? 
Right. And then, and, then, and if you're thinking it's about true. it, then you know there's a ch- chance that they're yeah. lying. But if you go outright and you're like, no, like, like they wouldn't see me. Right. Or you have like the reaction of like, what are you talking that, And that's why yeah. I think. Then it's like you're truthful. Right. Yeah. And I think or, with, with yeah. um, because in acting, it's not just you. You are, It's not a soliloquy. You know what I mean? It's not a one, you know, operation mm-hmm. show. It's usually you're playing off of the, the best actor is the actor who listens. Do you know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you don't react. Um, on the line you know what i mean you react to usually halfway through what the person is saying you have the you know your line and somewhere in your line is where i react i don't react after you're done saying what you're saying Mm -hmm. you know that's just not authenticity but when like say a line uh i went to the store to buy shoes the other day and i didn't see you there and you you know should have been there Oh, okay. No, <laughs> right? No, yeah, so like, seriously. Exactly. Yeah, like, you like, don't wait to react. Like, you just have the same face on. <laughs> and then you react oh, yeah. when it's your line. Yeah. No, you I react mean, as it's going. Gosh, they do that on Disney Channel. and that, But that's how you can find, you know, the the difference between... <laughs> they uh, do. I just much, remembered. Yeah, they do. <laughs> gosh, I've been watching Chromie's World, and they did. They just react on the line all the time. And I'm like, oh, gosh, oh. you guys are paying being paid so much money. How do you not know how to act? But anyway. I, I feel bad for them, though, because if you get trained to do that, but it's really hard to untrain yourself. Like I think, it. it I think a lot what, of credit. Acting? Like if you if you if you act a certain way, like if you go stage trained or if you go like on like a sitcom or something, mm-hmm. and that's all you know. Even if that's all you like, even if you go to learn like normal acting, it's it's like you have to break deeply rooted behavior patterns, and um, you, I don't even. You might not even be able to break I agree. them, especially if you're a kid growing up in that mm-hmm. show. Oh shit! Like you're gonna have like how do you think about that it's like like if you think about it it's like any anything any behavior that was rooted in childhood like if you that you can think of in your own life it's like how right. do you break that like it's gonna be hard well that's why it's hard for like or, it's it's hard yeah. for theater people to go i think people who are really like um you know theater goers uh i mean it's very different acting i mean yeah. when you act in you kind of play so everybody hears exactly you. and you can't like the 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 camera picks up like subtlety like the most subtle thing the camera's picking up and when you're on a stage you're not picking up subtlety so you don't you can't just like and that's what a lot of people didn't like about me was in the theater realm was because i would just play it like i was on mm-hmm. a camera and i was like oh yeah i get it i have to because i'd always be like why are they the ones acting like they're so overacting and it's like well no they're just acting for the stage which is yeah. can come off as like overacting but it's really not um i did audition for like one play um i think tim was actually in the room when when i did it um love love. so he might be able to say whether like why i got the why i didn't get the part <laughs> but like <laughs> Um, but in my head, it was like, like it could have been that or anything where I sucked, but it was like, <laughs> I think, I think, uh, yeah, it's like you, yeah, you do have to like, like it's, you do have to like play it up and, and all that. And, and yeah, it's very different. Yeah. And because like even watching Feeding the Fire, like I learned a lot because I was like, man, I do still have that a little bit of theater thing going on. Like, mm-hmm. I could be way more subtle and it's fine. Um, and I actually learned that from watching you and Feeding the Fire because I was like, man, he just, like, feels his emotion. I didn't even notice. And the – I mean, I thought you were really good in that. Well, thank you. Um, but – and can you just imagine, like, we both, like – it was just so low budget and um, – that I sounds look, bad, I like a bunch is bad. But I just meant as in like we didn't even get to like see each other and be like, okay, like what can we fix in that film? It was just very much like we had to just take takes and, you know, make sure the camera guy was Yeah. <laughs> the cameras yeah, really the shots felt, were yeah, good. Felt like and that. 
but I mean, our whatever was our first. Uh, I, th- I think um, first it's something I wanted to mention um, a couple times. I keep forgetting. Robert De Niro. Um, if you heard about like what it was like working with him, if somebody told you it was like what they found was he would do he would do it a certain way, and then he'd do it the same way. And just make, and it would be like, like if you looked really closely, he was doing something very small. And really mm-hmm. what it was he was doing was he was just doing it naturally. He was saying the lines as just saying the lines. Like that's, right. there's no inflection. There's nothing like you're just saying right. the lines. And then what happens if, if you're doing it naturally enough and you allow yourself to channel whatever you're feeling and or whatever you're feeling at the time and just channel into that mm-hmm. and not put anything in it. It goes somewhere on its own mm-hmm. automatically, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. You want to go take after take and 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 allow it to go somewhere on its own. Definitely. And and I I, I was listening. I was reading uh, this article this morning about um, David Fincher. People like, like like Gary Oldman had a hard time getting used to like his process because he would do dozens of takes for each scene. Like he wanted, and the reason reason being is he didn't just he didn't want to cut to a shot because. Um, the actor wasn't delivering um, properly mm-hmm. or they were mm-hmm. delivering well in this scene, um, blah, blah, blah. Like, like luckily, I, I, I've been able to do some films where people were mostly delivering well um, right. in most scenes. And, and But it's like, yeah, and even though that's like low budget, but he, he doesn't want to do that even once. Mm-hmm. He wants a great master with everything working well, with every party, every, all the actors yeah. in conjunction. He wants a great second master he wants a great mm-hmm. um like two shot like great like like he wants all these like a great no great over the shoulder shot with everybody doing well he wants everything oh, yeah in every single shot and oh, he wants yeah. a bunch of close-ups like, like he wants it all flawless yeah in every shot and there's a story about how on like when they reached take one over they did over over 100 takes of one scene and gary oldman was like i've done this scene a hundred <laughs> over a hundred fucking times or like a hundred fucking times and it's like 101 let's go <laughs> that's, what said. that's a good attitude <laughs> no but i also think like that's this other thing going back to the honesty thing i think the more you do a scene if you're set on one way of doing a scene in one way only only again you're not getting like the most authenticity often uh, what is the word authentic authentic, authentic um like shot because again we're not we're not doing soliloquies here it's not a one-man show it's i'm feeding off of you you're only as good as your actor uh you you know your fellow fellow actor fellow actor um i know i don't know what's wrong with my i need to put my teeth back in um no but like you're only as good as your fellow actor i mean you could have meryl streep acting with uh I don't want to insult anyone, but, you know, a bad actor. And, uh, you know, she's going to look good, but also it's the scene is not going to be good. You know what I mean? If you're acting with a bad actor, the scene is just going to be bad. Um, And it's because, again, this goes back to the authentic, like not lying, being honest. That's why liars don't necessarily make good um, Actors. actors because you're not like so every time we do a scene you feel that emotion again and again and again and sometimes you may feel that emotion more appropriately because you're tuning into it more and you're feeding off of their emotions and you know and then you have this great scene because the feelings are not you know 
being well, I'm not trying to manipulate you as the audience into thinking that I'm being sad. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to show you that I actually am sad because you are actually playing a real character. So that's why you cannot abandon yourself um, and you have to be true to yourself as an actor and you can't abandon how, who you are when playing a character. You use how would Darlene handle this situation if all of these circumstances circumstances happen. Mm. Now you may ask, like, how do you play a serial killer? And it's like, well, just tap into, okay, like, think about, like, psychopaths have an enormous amount of ambivalence. Do you know what I mean? Like, they just are not, that's not the word I'm thinking of. Um, Uh well, they do, but uh, they also have, like, they don't just, apathy, they just don't care. They've, They've been completely, like cut off from reality and we've all been there when you're just kind of like i give up like you've we've come to breaking points all in our lives and you just tune into that emotion mm-hmm. and and but again you're not losing yourself and like putting on this emotion you've never felt before mm-hmm. we've all felt these emotions these emotions where we need to satisfy something and when you're playing like a killer it's like they're obviously needing to they're just like their emotions are just out of control and we've all been upset where we've lost control of our emotions and you just tap into that mm-hmm. so that's why i think like with the liar it's like the the, anyone who's lying it's a manipulative tool like i'm going to try to get you to believe like no no no, like you're wrong and i'm right in acting you're not trying to convince anyone of the truth you're just showing them what is going on and you're feeling that emotion do you know what i'm saying so that's why i don't like when people like oh he's a good actor he's a good actor because he's a good liar i just think that those are two just separate things now i think if you're an actor you could be good at lying um but i don't think that those are one and the same because i don't think you're lying as an actor Mm -hmm. i think it just gives it a bad uh yeah it's kind of weird it's like like it's kind of hard to explain how yeah if you're if you're acting and like like if you're acting and you're not lying it's like well how like you're you're living in this fantasy world and you're not playing yourself but that's that's the thing it's like you if you want to act really well like what i learned from like dustin hoffman you you don't live in a fantasy world you acknowledge it or there's a camera right there it's filming us Mm -hmm. and there's people here and there's a bunch of people over here don't act like they're don't in your head. Don't act like they're not there. Right. I mean, right. I mean, just uh, like be acknowledging use, all this. Right. Use it all. And, yeah. But and, and 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 just be there and and you know it's it's hard to. Yeah, because then what like if you're a character who is lying, are you lying about lying? Like that's just like a weird like. So your your character has to lie, so then you're, so then that means is that lie. Like that, like, so you're lying to lie, which is like, that's weird. Or are you playing like, I don't want to be caught. Like, like you play verbs. You don't play like, um, adjectives, you know, you don't play like, oh, I'm happy. You play, uh, whatever verb of happiness is. I mean, they, they give you lists of verbs as an actor. I don't know if you've ever, yeah, I've seen them, um, seen them, but you, you, yeah, do... I use them like when it comes to directing. That's why no one says, don't just like be mad. Like, like, why are you angry? Don't say, I'm just angry. You're never just angry. What are you playing? What is your tactic? And how are you getting that? Like, how does what you're feeling, what action are you doing? What tactic are you using? I mean, this is in that book. Um, I don't remember audition. the author, but audition. audition. Yeah. Michael Shirtliff or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think every actor should read that book. It should be their, their Bible. I mean, it is just everything he said, but it's true. Yeah. D- David uh, read it and he said that he got a lot from it. 
Oh, yeah, it, it's so. it's phenomenal. And I think that, uh, and that I think he would even say like, it's that whole, and that's why I don't like monologues. I feel like you're just like, you, you're not in the moment. You're not in the scene. You're just like saying a scene from a random thing that has nothing to do with what the people want to see. But what you're, what I agree with you on is like, you're just seeing them talk. Cause when I had, to, I took a directing class and I had to go through audition. Like I didn't even know what the heck their monologues were about. I was just like watching them. You know what I mean? It's like a good, like why I'm going to watch you and try to see your personality out of it. But I'm like, why do we do that? Why don't we just like have an interview, talk to the person and then say, Hey, why don't you do some of these scenes? Or like improvs or something. And in improv, I don't even like either because some people just are bad at improv and I don't think that makes you a bad actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I don't know. I think they're just two diff- totally different things. But uh, but yeah, I just think that like even he would say like honesty and being true and, and, and just telling the story of the character, you know, and feeling that character, feeling what the character wants to go through. And if you can't feel it, then don't play the role, man. If you don't want to, if you can't portray a psychopath, <laughs> you know, well enough, then don't, there's nothing wrong with not being able to play a role. I don't think that, because you want to play the most genuine, you're giving life to it. This is why I love acting. You're giving life to a character that has a story that needs to be told. And if you can't do that authentically, then don't do it, you know? Yeah. Don't be an actor. <laughs> no, I have like a number of questions. Um, yeah, but I talk about out of the scene. Like, uh, could I real quick? I want to get a cord to plug this in. Yeah, um, we're back. So, um, yeah, I just had to change some batteries. Um, but wait, we were talking about if I, if I, if I just had like an assistant, like Jamie or something, so like yeah, you should hire and, and and change batteries and shit. <laughs> I need a whole lot of fact checking going on. But uh. Back to, um, so we were talking about acting and all that stuff. Yeah. I think I'd like to change the topic and, and kind of yeah. steer off in a different direction. Steered away, Captain. Um, I think, or maybe we would talk a similar topic, but like, like you know, we'd worked on Feeding the Fire together. Yeah. Um, what was your experience like with that? What's your favorite memory from Feeding the Fire? Wow. Favorite memory. Um, hmm. There's so many good ones. I remember when we were filming the, which was one of my uh, least favorite nights, but it was oddly became one of my favorite nights. Um, It was the one with the Lamborghini. Oh yeah. Um, It was just, I remember it was just like freezing cold and I feel like everything was just like not working out for us. Um, that guy at the Lamborghini wouldn't, was just so obnoxious. Cars kept driving by. I, I just, I was freezing. It wasn't just they were driving by. They're like driving by and it's like, oh, it's a movie. They're shooting a movie. Mm-hmm. And then they slowed down. Like rubbernecking. Yeah. And it's like, there's no way the audience wouldn't notice that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wh- like you hear cars driving by and it's like, <sighs> <laughs> like, <laughs> right exactly like like or, or just like <laughs> keep going back <laughs> like <waving them> <laughs> right exactly it's like can you please and keep then, moving and that freaking asshole with the lamborghini he's just like <laughs> oh my then, gosh but you know what yelling for his, like chinchilla like like david fincher was saying like he wants not he wants every he wants great performances of everybody on 
every take. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he wants he wants tons of 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 good stuff from everybody. Excuse me. In in every single thing, every yeah. single shot of the of, of each scene. I was lucky because all the shots that I really wanted to cut to, um, and I guess you could say like yeah, probably maybe it would have been better if I cut it a certain different way or I could, uh, you know I was happy I was very happy with the way that that scene cut together and the way that. It, I cut it together, made me happy. Yeah, it was like r- it was right before I wanted to cut to a shot that the the Lamborghini guy stopped Gosh. going. It was like the shot, like like the shot didn't like like, like there was a shot that got shit like was great and then shook up because Steven's fucking thing malfunctioned uh, where the autofocus came in and out. It but- like. But it, but it was right before I wanted to. It was right when I wanted to cut. That it, then afterwards, it started doing all that. Mm. It was like, oh, that's lucky. I was like, oh, thank you. I think it was that. Was it that night that every just everything his his. Yeah, everything was just everything was just going wrong. Then. I because was it so... was so dark mm-hmm. and autofocus is terrible and dark. And it took us like forever darkness. to set up. I remember that too. Yeah. Um. And I, I think I realized like I, I. You asked me my favorite memory. I'm like giving you like the worst day, but it was actually no. like fun i don't yeah, know like we, we ran back on it over like we we started late and that's something Way you late. don't want to <laughs> do because like like one thing i learned from uh um what's his name werner herzog from his master class um was he never started shooting past 90 minutes mm-hmm. from when the, sh- the crew showed up because mm-hmm. once once like everybody's been waiting around for more than 90 minutes yeah that um then everybody's just lethargic and then everything moves slowly but and you know what's funny is i that's actually the amount of that, that's Excuse the me. same for your morning routine mm-hmm. your morning routine should be done within the first 90 minutes of your day that's what jordan peterson says yeah yeah oh really because mm-hmm. i learned it from tim ferris and it was like like and and, and some and, and some guests he had on said the same it's like if it's not within the first 90 minutes of your day that you get you know a, a number of things done that kind of solidifies your day and makes mm-hmm. it good it's like if you don't meditate in the morning, like like if I don't meditate in the morning, first ninety minutes, like uh, the rest of your day is shot. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and it's weird how that's the same when it comes to filmmaking. Like like when we started, when we when we first showed up for the, the um, the uh, what is it, the theater stuff? Yeah. And we did we 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 started with the one take in the mm-hmm. scene, and and that was your least favorite because I think I chose the take that you didn't like. Yeah, you did. By I didn't time. know. Was like, <laughs> um. Keep, uh, I just feel like it was like not um, my best scene. I was like, oh, okay. It was fine. Uh, like, like if I didn't notice. Do you mean like step back? Good. I know I'm no, loud. It's, it's Is good. that weird? It's all fine. Um, I'm just trying. It's to all make, fine. I'm, just I'm, I'm, quiet down. I'm jamming it up here just to make sure that the levels are right. Um, but yeah, like I think I felt like 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 in the moment that was our strongest preparation, like like our strongest execution in yes. terms of everybody, you know, doing something complicated mm-hmm. really quickly. Because that was an entire that we had to do that all in one take. Yeah. And um, even though it was just simple as walking forward in the in the theater, it didn't look that spectacular. I think looking back at it, I think I could have done it better. But I like I, I I think it worked for what I was going for, and um, it like I think just it 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 was the first thing we shot for the entire film. Mm-hmm. or that version of the entire film let's say that because uh, there was a, we, we started was production the, on it was that the it. first shot yeah because well no the first shot we, we shot yeah oh we shot or no or no we could have been because it was because i, I think the, we shot the other things first 
But or that scene was the first scene we shot of the entire film. That was the first production day, I think. Oh, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that yes. was the first thing. That wasn't the first cut. I got yeah, it. No. I got it now. Yes, it was. You're not, right. You're, not in the you're film. Right. It wasn't the first thing in the film, but like it was. Right. Right. We, I liked, I think that was my favorite day. Yeah, because, oh. It, the it, magic that we made happen in that movie theater in, in the, the two theaters. seconds that yeah. we had to be, because we were over time and we had to rush and do it, well, but you like, would never have known. What we shot first <laughs> was like doing, yeah, we shot the, the, the hallway scene first. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. Yeah. And we got through that, but then we had an hour left, or not even an hour. We had 10 minutes left. Yeah. And we got I, the, we got the best, yeah, it was, it was the best no, scene. Yeah, we did. Was that scene mm-hmm. in there. That that's I think that was like the the most that was my favorite part and that's like yeah whenever, I agree when I when I watch it with people they laugh at that scene and that's like the scene that they yeah it over. I mean we had no time for error man so we had Dude, to just we, do it and do it well and it made me think <laughs> like what what can I learn from this in the future when I do films again where what is it that we did there what is it that was it the urgency of having oh we have 10 or what was it 20 10 20 minutes? it was no more than 20 minutes it was, yeah, it was a really short amount of time we had 20 minutes i was in that having scene. anxiety because i was like oh my gosh we're gonna get yeah. like kicked out or fined was or... it that <laughs> was it the fact that it was very improvised it wasn't like we had lines to say it was like we were there you know just winging it and it was like mm-hmm. like we were really going on like what norman would say behind camera like what what do we do it's like yeah he would be like yeah just like you know like what we b- build up to like making moves and whatnot and it was just yeah and and then when i cut it together i was like i didn't think it would gonna, it was gonna pan out when i was editing i was like this is not gonna work like mm-hmm. like i didn't think we had it mm-hmm. um but luckily i was like looking through i was like no we could like like do this like yeah. it cut weird at times like when like my arms were like up here and it cut to like it was down here or something mm-hmm. like, and that ended up making the Minor final cut but, like that was it like there was no other way of doing it it yeah. worked out well and then mm-hmm. the music your brother did for it amazing yeah um, really added to it i think it was a combination i think it was because it was improv there's no lines there's no pressure and then it was just like we gotta get this like you know when you're under the gun i feel like you perform better under pressure than you know um yeah, but it, it reminds me of this what this person said to me was like this uh this, this guy was telling me like it ryan gosling and there, there's a film called the the something beyond the pines or, or something like that um and and he would like they they were shooting um i, I think on film or something mm-hmm. and they were like this is the last take mm-hmm. we will not have any more footage after this and they hadn't gotten up to that point and then he was like all right they got they did it and then he he nailed it and they were like I all right it. move on yeah let's go when you get to rethink and overthink and oh we're gonna just take another take like then it's like you get caught up in that i feel like as an actor because you're like oh was that good like oh i'm i'm blowing it now like i'm like i have time we can re- just redo and, it yeah, i feel i feel like that if if i could criticize <laughs> criticize <laughs> david fincher <laughs> no i couldn't but like it's like <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm nowhere like close to him um but like it's like <laughs> yet yeah, hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah um but it's like i i, I don't uh, when i look at like uh, doing hundreds of take like like t- tens dozens of takes of each scene i'm not sure um about that because it's like like you you do lose the this kind of excuse me urgency i guess um yeah momentum and and i i think that that's 
that combined with like I, I I've been hearing some reviews about his new film, which I'm so amped to see. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Blessings. Excuse me. My, David told me if you look at the light, yeah, a bright light, it helps you sneeze better. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm doing that from now on. <laughs> Basically, it, I swear it's not COVID. With with Mank, like. I've been hearing that from the reviews, and I hope this isn't true, but it's like kind of emotionally distant or something. And mm. I'm like, oh no, I but because because when I first heard about that film, I was like googling David Fincher, and I found out like this was long before it started getting in the news. And I was like, like I was looking at what he was doing, and he was like, he's working on this film called Mank. It's about like mm. this the uh, Mankiewicz guy, screenwriter of of A Citizen Kane, and his fight with like Orson Welles over screenwriter yeah. credit and all that stuff, and it, the fact that it was written by his father. His father's a screenwriter. He wrote it. His father wrote this film. Wow. And I thought, oh my God, is this going to be like the first David Fincher film? Like, 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 no, no, not first, but is this going to be a, no, this is, he's done a lot of emotional pieces, but like, I thought this is going to be the most emotional piece he's ever done yeah. because this is, he's working with his dad. Like he's, is, you yeah. know, this, like this has got to be like that. Right. Like this, this is going to be his Oscar film. Right. It like, just felt it. And, and. I still think that's true. Um, this is gonna be his Oscar film, yeah, it's like his big Oscar film where he gets best director or something. We're back. We had a minor option. Um, so <clears throat> the uh, yeah, so David Fincher was uh, you know, I, th- I thought this, I thought this would be like his major emotional piece, and I think um, it's probably not gonna be the case. Mm, that's unfortunate. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I think um, I th- I, th- I think it might be it might be overkill doing a bunch of takes like that i don't know i think it just depends on the scene and the moment like and what your actors are doing and you know like are they really getting it or are they like too many takes you know i would go to sleep after we would shoot and i'd be doing my line like doing the scene over and over again another another (laughs) thing is um i i i'm i still have to talk to rebecca about this she wanted to we were going to talk on the phone about this because she had (laughs) she was going to give her take on it I was telling you I was going to do an experiment um, to yeah. test whether it works better to rehearse things day, like days or weeks or months beforehand yes. or go right into shooting the yeah. day of. And she was saying, I would say the latter. Shoot, just do things on set. Mm. And, um, and, the, and, and the reason I've been wanting to lean towards this is I, I like the idea of, or I, I, from what I've learned, it's like, <laughs> A lot of the and from experience partly it's like a lot of the most raw stuff happens the first time you do it and it's like like to the point where there was a thing in dustin Hoffman's master class dustin Hoffman's master class where like he basically talked about how there's this film called adam's rib where spencer tracy and and uh i think hepburn mm-hmm. were what they they when they rehearsed it on set um they used gibberish for every line uh, they didn't re- recite their lines mm-hmm. to each other so the first time that in the in the film is when they first a lot of times they first heard the lines yeah so you're getting those authentic reactions in yeah. the moment yeah and i don't know if i would do that mm-hmm. i mean i might one day for something um to try it but i think the idea of doing it on set and doing it with the actors on set is and and it's not for logistical purposes it's just so that you get that raw feeling and that raw yeah. um momentum i think it also it, it as an actor it, when you do it 
like the day of and you didn't really rehearse it you tend to i mean i think both are i really just think both are fine i think too much rehearsal is bad because then you just get caught in one one choice um Mm -hmm. and you're like oh well you're like anytime you practice something if you practice it enough then you start to do it the exact same way and then it does cut off authenticity if you have like a short little rehearsal where it's like let's just try at this and you know for a little bit I, I mean that that could be fine i know directors do that um but also like there is that like again it, it just caters to the actor just to listen to the other actor more because it's like okay like i'm listening to you like i have to listen to you mm-hmm. to react to you um yeah and that's a big thing and i think that you get that most when you just do the shot you know like you and then you see how they're like playing it and it's new to and you, you might you might just nail it the first take yeah because of that and then you can also get like directed to the director to be like okay can, like try it this way do you know what i mean like if you're caught up in like one way it's like you know and then it's harder to break if you've been rehearsing it that way it's harder to break that horse than it is and, and, and another thing is I, when i did um when we were rehearsing to do boys be boys the first the short film a long ago mm-hmm. that never panned out because a uh, long story um basically we i i i was I guess out of anxiety of like not knowing whether we're going to be able to pull it off, like like whether I'll be able to direct the scene I want a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, and I've done this with Rusty Spade. Like I would direct the performance. I would I would kind of ju- like squeeze the performance in the rehearsal. Like I'd get that performance I was looking for, but in the rehearsal, and I was yeah. like, and then I realized after the fact, I was like, okay, we may have gotten it now, but it's like now we're not going to get that performance again. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, and I, and I realized, like, let's just hold off on Here's rehearsal because then I don't have that urge to like make yeah. sure I get it in, in the rehearsal. rehearsal. But then again, but it doesn't matter in the rehearsal. When you think about it, though, in theater, you rehearse it. Yeah, and uh, I I honestly don't. I think it's a a, a director's choice. I don't think yeah. it really necessarily is, uh, because the actor is going to rehearse it on their own anyway. Yeah. I think. Um, but uh, that's yeah, interesting. No, I, I think, that's a good. That's a yeah, good it's, thing it's, to discuss. It's, it's interesting because I yeah I want to know like what gets the most um, honest. I think reaction. you should just experiment it and yeah. see what you like as a director. I mean, I'll, I'll probably. I think right now I'm planning to go just wing it and do it on set yeah. the day of because then the, then the DP has something to look at. And, yeah. Because you know they're gonna want to see it and and we can kind of work it out while yeah. we're doing that and then um. Because I was watching this. Uh, it was the making of the movie family stone which has like diane keaton in it and um, which one the family stone okay i mean it's like a like you know rom-commy woman's movie um i love it i'm obsessed but i was watching the making of and apparently like diane keaton like the, the director of it like would rehearse um like a few weeks before the shoot and she like hated when when uh, directors had her like rehearse things like she was not a big big on rehearsal before shooting so i really just think it's a stylistic directorial thing yeah. um and you're you know so i would definitely yeah i remember this feel? this actor told me um like when i said like back when we were doing Re- um, feeding the fire i was looking for actors for that and and i was looking for people to fl- play the friends mm-hmm. and i don't think i met norman at this point maybe i have maybe i didn't um but there's this guy who and this was back when I first started doing casting, but like this guy, you know, I, I was on the phone with him and he was like, uh, I, do, I don't do rehearsals. 
Oh. I was like, really? <laughs> well. Well, I don't do you in my film. So, like, Did you say wow. that to him? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, of course not. But like, I was like, <laughs> I and then, but I, I think I actually just like explained to him why, like, like what I was looking to do. It's like, like, it's like, you know, just trying to like hype up this. Um, and he's like, no, I just don't. Because it's like, I, I'm, I, I'm, uh, my parents were both actors. So I'm, I've kind of been actor, an actor child. And it's like, I, that's what it is. Uh, I, I, that's when I, that I was like, ah, uh, that's there it is. is. There it is. There it is. <laughs> you were trained to wow. act as a kid. And I realized at that moment, wow. every, all the actors that I work well with, I think started acting in like college years mm -hmm. when they were more almost or fully developed as a person right right and their ego wasn't attached to it I, I don't i'm not i mean I, I you hear all these actors in hollywood they're all very particular and they have to have this a certain way and that certain way and i think that there's like you have a liberty to be like that to an extent um yeah. to get your best performance because it's just like a musician who's like i want this chair do you know what i mean or like i have my thing like that's fine but when they start like i don't like to rehearse it's like you are not in Hollywood. You're not a big time actor. Like if an actor, if a director is telling you to do something, just do it. You're not like big time actor yet. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't, how do you have the audacity to say, and I don't I think Even when you are a big actor, it's like, even then, still, you know, it depends who you're working with. Be respectful. You know, you're not working with like, like David Fincher or like a, like a great director. You're, you're, you, you, you realize that, um, you know, like it's like it's more professional just to like yep. be like, let's just let's do it the way this guy wants to do it, you know. But yeah, and then, team player, like, man. But be verbal about it. Say, look, right. This is what I don't like about this. This is why. Um, right. But it's up to you. But it's like I just want to let you know because um, right. I don't want to lie to you. Um, like like there's a story about how like these bunch of actors were working on with Christopher Nolan on the Interstellar, I think, and they were in these suits that were god awful and Anne Hathaway mm. was like she was struggling yeah but she didn't say anything because it's like i'm the only woman on set like i can't be the one to to be the one to bring this up then mm -hmm. matt damon came in the day his <laughs> yes. the shot spoiler but he's like this fucking sucks within two hours <laughs> and she's like yes yes, yes. thank you, thank you matt damon, <laughs> matt damon like, saves the day again it's like these are the worst suits i've ever worn in my worst costumes i've ever worn in my life <laughs> do they change it or did they just no but it's like they couldn't <laughs> That's millions funny. of dollars went into those suits but it's yeah. like they were god awful but yeah. no um i think um yeah, you have to be verbal, but it's like it. You don't protest. Like, don't be like, I'm not going to show up and do my lines. Well, right, unless it's, it's like, unless it's like killing you. Yeah, exactly. Of course, there's lines, but or you know, somebody's being hurt, like, right. Very severely, like 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 right. Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Yeah, I'd say yeah. You didn't know what Shelley Duvall in The Shining. Like she was just mentally tortured from that film. Really? Did you see the Doctor Phil interview with her? It's no. Horrible. It's horrible. She's she's shaken like like mentally. Wait, like why? Not... What did they do to her? Dude, there was one scene where they did over a hundred takes, and it's the one in the stairwell where she's like having a mental breakdown with the knife, and he's walk or no or with the the a a Wendy axe. darling love of my life yeah, I'm not going to hurt you her. I'm they, just going to bash your brains in yeah, that scene did, they did that scene over 100 Jeez, times Jeez, that would mess me up <laughs> yeah it's a Guinness world record wow and um just like apparently like there's all these stories about how like like she was wasting time or something I don't know about that but that's what like Jack that Nicholson so says sad. and and but you know it's like the flip side is like it's a great movie <laughs> 
amazing film it's great, amazing it's yeah it's a great film so it's like you either watched it too young as a kid but amazing film <laughs> traumatize this woman for life and 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 just completely destroy her is, this, is that why she disappeared thanks yeah wow like 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 she's like in her interview with dr phil and it's it's, it's to watch fucked this up. it's yeah. fucked up that he interviewed her like like somebody should have stopped the interview and be like look dr phil you can't do this Relax. this is this is inhumane like, yeah what you're doing like wow. what they just it, like she thought that like jfk was still alive and all this shit I wow think, I, I think that's what it was oh my gosh or, i'm like my it's it's it, it shattered like it's really it, it it really hurts me just to watch because I, I watched the film and it's like such a great film but it's like was well, it the, worth it to like destroy right. somebody over the film? Right. Well, th- there are definitely boundaries. Stanley Kubrick would say yes, but it's like, <laughs> like let's be honest. Yeah. He probably he he, he, he I think I think he meant he, he intentionally tried to like fuck with her, mm-hmm. like pick fights with her. Wow. Dur- like like in every way he could, he just harassed her every day. Well, but see, like there's... she broke down. Like if yeah. my mother was in that situation, she'd be worse off than Shelley Duvall. Right. And, it, right. and I think about my mother in that situation. I'm like. I'd fucking stab that guy. Yeah. For what he did. Like, yeah. I mean, that's there's yeah. there's definitely boundaries. You know, I love Stanley Kubrick, but <laughs> like if he did to my mom, I would be right. Like, I'm gonna kill you. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you should. There should be boundaries, a thousand percent. I mean, like if someone's, that's just I, I can't. That's, even... that's why if I had the money to do like hundred takes, I don't even know if I would vote do it. Like like for other hundred is a lot. I mean, if everybody was on board, like as an experiment, let's try it. And then after that, this is breaking. I, I, my heart is broken right now. I'd hate, <laughs> I'd hate to try it though because I'd be afraid that I'd like it and I'd never want to go back to that. Right, and then gosh, and then I'd be doing hundred takes for every scene, and it'd take you like five years to do. Yeah, a, I don't know a one hour film. But yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think I think there's a sweet spot somewhere, at least for me. Um, and there's another thing yeah. uh, that uh, I was I, I thought was interesting that I. I want to get to but first um i guess we'll probably probably go to that because i forget the other thing i was going to say <laughs> um yeah there was a i've i think i told norman and i told this uh, uh, david this um it's there's a this actor i've been this this director i've been studying who like he would not want to it was tarkovsky he wouldn't te- like he, he wouldn't even have the actors read the script he wouldn't tell anybody the things but he made like films that people compare to like Kubrick's. Wow. They're ahead of Kubrick. Wow. In my opinion. Like they're 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 far ahead. Mm-hmm. Just in terms of like a deep emotional complexity and, and, and things like that. It's like far ahead. <laughs> and um yeah, I just think um like you you it's it's just yeah, it's like um he wouldn't tell them that he wouldn't let them read the script. He wouldn't even tell them about the film but he would say what he needed to tell tell them to get them to the performance that he needed to on mm. set the day of and they wouldn't rehearse and and i mean i imagine that they knew their lines at least like like leading up to it maybe or not um but it's like the reason why is when they're doing the scene they have no conception of what happened before mm. or what's going to happen they're completely in the moment of the scene interesting and i think that's one of the major reasons why I love his films and why it feels when I watch them that time seems to expand. Because I think when you're when you're improvising, just like improvising, you 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 or at least with improvising, you know where it's gone, where it, where it went, where it's come from, mm-hmm. but you don't know where it's going. 
Yeah. So you have that that feeling of being alive there. Yeah. But it's even it's 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 doubled. Yeah. That aliveness is doubled when you don't even know where you've come from, except for what That's the director's telling you in the moment. And when you're being told this in the moment by the director, you have to listen. You have to be listening to everything because you're you're you you don't you don't know like like and and it's like it makes so much sense i was like oh my god that's probably one of the biggest secrets to his films it's like he the because uh, the actor is not unconsciously responding to what hasn't happened or what mm-hmm. has happened or more importantly what hasn't happened and that's more most important because like if you if you think about it have you ever seen can you can you even do you even know what movies are out there that that the actors didn't know what they were getting into or they didn't know right or they like didn't know where what i'm like caught up on was the didn't know where they came from yeah part i mean here's the thing the director is like he's the keeper of of the film Mm -hmm. as you're shooting he's gonna be able to tell you if you're getting it or not right and so if he's there telling you all right this they know all right this person isn't responding the way a person would if this happened to them they can then tell you all right look you're going to be responding this way and then they fix it on the set and then but but there's like still this feeling of uncertainty within the actor and that uncertainty just comes off as like like you're just enamored by it it's like it's watching a child I guess because in life you're uncertain about many things. Maybe yeah. that's why it's really and, and, and it's just so poetic that way. Yeah, and I love it, but I don't think I'd ever be able to do it because my actors are the people I get my feedback from from mm-hmm. the script. Because mm-hmm. if actors read scripts all the time; they can tell you if it sucks or not, if the if the lines are shit. <laughs> yeah, like they're good at that. So and 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 uh, I think uh, you know I don't like the idea of doing that, but I like the idea of it. Still, well, it doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, I think it's something <laughs> like, that you want to experiment with. Experiment with it, yeah. yeah, you should. I mean, why not? Maybe for like a short film. Yeah. Do it. Um, like I'd say, look, you know, you guys know why I've explained this to you. Like we're. Yeah, do I this. think you should definitely experiment with it. I think. But uh, I think yeah. anything that you do and you realize that you don't like it, it just helps you anyway do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it, it's always just gonna benefit you from trying things oh that didn't work this mm-hmm. does work and it just makes you a better director i think yeah so do it but yeah i think uh i think i'd love to do that sometime and it's just such yeah. an interesting thing because like uh, i gotta show you like at least a scene or some or a few of this film before we wrap up today um, yeah. with the podcast and with shooting the video yeah um but yeah i think uh oh, that'd be so such an interesting thing i i among other things that he does that makes the films just work. I think that like with, with directing, um, what I've like learned and like found is that you got to really look at your scene, you know, and it, what do you want the scene to feel like? And, you know, like does this scene and, and, um, Greta Gerwig does this in little women. Like she's all about like getting the, the, like if it needs to be a faster scene, like she'll, you know, get them doing something right before so that the, the scene is more like it's like Jack Nicholson in The Shining when when he was like doing the axe scene. Yeah, there's like behind the scenes footage where he's like jumping up and down, you know, doing right. all this stuff like being right. a monster or whatever. Right. So I think that was also because in, in Feeding the Fire when we were doing the movies, the movie scene that like it was also because we were in a rush like and that scene was meant to be like a, a quick, you know, like here's a different shots like we mm. had that momentum in us so that that way the it, it it worked well because we were rushed as actors so that momentum was high so it was already naturally high and then when we we're cutting it made
made the cutting look and the music so it just like added to that whole like you know because you're the as the actor we were feeling oh i have to move fast I have to move fast like momentum high and um and there's other scenes where it's like if you want this to be like a drawn out like you're feeling the you know the agony of the scene like you don't want to like amp up your actors yeah. and be like come on come on jump do jumping backs you want it, it to like be like oh this is the hundredth take i'm gonna die you know what i mean so like maybe a hundred take would be good in a certain scene when it's yeah. meant to feel drab it's um, kind of like um when it came to uh what is it uh it's kind of like like what but um excuse me um not dustin hoffman but like what's the other guy marlon brando um he would like like kind of like just you know being you and then not changing who you are Mm-hmm. You go in and, and 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 doing these exercises before the scene gets you in that headspace that you need to be in right so yeah um and i think a good director is someone who like does that work for that. the actor um yeah. not not in specific way with marlon brando but like something where it's like this is a momentum high scene if you leave that to the actors it's just kind of like 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 that's why you're called a director you're supposed to direct your character yeah you, you know have your to actors. do things to get them now there was a oh now i remember what i wanted to say there's this there was this person who I I heard once who who really just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm. I won't say their name um, because there are people who know this person mm. um, out there. And and um, dun, dun, dun. he he he. Do I know this person? Uh, I'll talk about it off the podcast. <laughs> he talks about like he was mentioning how he thought Eli Eli Kazan was like the greatest director. Um, ever um mm-hmm. and one of the re- and one of the things that about him was like he like as a director and he thinks like ella kazan know this or how you pronounce his name i forget kazan he, he knew this and this is why he was one of the best was and i don't know if that's the only reason but it was like one of the big reasons he said was the the director manipulates the actors like like to a, a deeper level and i think mm-hmm. i partly agree to this but like like not to an unethical degree right uh, like, like again Shelley boundaries Duvall. yes yeah. right he, he went with he he went with um who was it <laughs> the actor the young actor guy who everybody you know hears about his name and they think he's then they're like he's kind of childish a boyish char uh, uh what's char- his name uh, timothy everything is two different actors no no this is this is like not um steve mcqueen but this other guy oh are we talking about old actors yeah yeah oh like like i forget what his name was oh shit he was i can't remember what his name was um but he he went with this actor to who's a big star at the time Mm -hmm. doing great big movies Mm -hmm. he was um and a Rebel Without a Cause, the actor from that. James Dean? Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say that, but I was went, like, yeah, I don't he know. He went that. with James Dean to his family's house and witnessed how this, this you know, built up guy who, or like this confidence boosted guy who, you know, he's got the, you know, everybody loves him mm-hmm. in the world. It's like. Yeah. And then, his, and, then he, and then he started talking to his parents and telling them about how, like, he was, you know, doing all these things. And then immediately he, either before or as he said that or after from the reaction, he turned into, a, like, this helpless little child who mm. was just, like, defeated, like, like a bullied child or whatever. A rebel without a cause. I don't think it was that film. But it was, I don't <laughs> think that's what, I don't, I'm not sure if it, was that his film? It was his film. I was making a joke. <laughs> uh, you know, 
he um he realized at that moment this is the character mm -hmm. this is how i get this out of the character i have to i have to manipulate him and he would like like the director did oh. manipulate him and, and 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 it was because he understood who he was it's like or you could just find somebody who can play that well then again that's the truth that was who he was and mm -hmm. you had to dig it out of him but then the guy the, the guy i'm talking about he was like like that's what a director needs to do they need to find that chink in your armor yeah. and pull it out of you and it's just yeah. like it just came off really weird it's just like uh i wouldn't want you knowing anything about me on that deep level like that right i'd want somebody boundaries who, who's like respectful of that <laughs> right not just trying to take advantage of it which there i think are... you are right like like right. fuck off like, <laughs> like 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 it's uh yeah so know your place man i mean like but there's different techniques that directors can do to bring these things out of you yeah um but like when it's that level I think you're just taking your art way too seriously. Like, I, I think you're just like it's just yeah, we're dealing with people with real human conditions. Again, tuning into actual real emotion. So real like, you know, sadness and real anger. Do you know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. why the whole lying thing, it's like, no, like you're actually like feeling these things and you're not manipulating someone into thinking that you're feeling this way. You are actually feeling this way. So when you do that, you're breaking a boundary. And it's just that's just not for the sake of what? Like for art yeah but i mean geez. yeah art yeah i mean there's got there's we all nothing is that serious in life and I, you know I, I i i mean i was talking about this with norman i think where i was talking about um the reason why art today isn't as great is like people aren't are less willing to sacrifice like i was the same take way. risks yeah or, or yeah either both but i it's, agree it's like, what, I, what i mean by that is um like before when, before I started working on that 400-page manuscript, which was, I think, the turning point for me, I was, like, I was half in it. I was doing it. I was writing things that I thought, like, well, I used to, like, in high school, be, like, really competitive about making films and all mm -hmm. that. And just, or just, just had this energy, like, I want to make this yeah. film. Yeah. And I think it was because I had that system built around me that I, that really, I really thrived on. Like, like right. you have a deadline. Yeah. Creating deadlines was perfect for me. Yeah. Um. But it's like that when once that was gone, I started, you know, you know, it became harder and harder for me to motivate myself to work on things. And and I just, you know, it, anytime something got really excruciatingly hard and the things I'm working on now have had those sec those points where it's so excruciatingly hard. When I got mm -hmm. feedback recently about Boys Be Boys, I thought about quitting. Like a little bit. Oh no! Uh, I would have like, slapped you. Like I, I yeah, no, I made good. you not. <laughs> but uh, but then I was like, "What are you fucking nuts? You're doing this." Right. It was partly because I just felt like I pushed this thing too far, and I was going the wrong direction. And then it was like, even if like if like I didn't even know if I could get back, mm -hmm. or if it would be a whole waste of time again. Mm -hmm. And also just all this effort for something that's gonna, you know, be controversial, and then you know, possibly get me canceled. <laughs> right. And kicked it, out and destroy yeah. your career like, like, forever. Yeah, liberal, liberal, liberal filmmakers will not like the film, most likely. Uh, well, actually, the, the, the way new direction it's going, it's... it's oh, then, we're, we're doing the things that we talked about, um, but I feel like it's much more um, grounded in facts and stuff and, and, and things. And that they're... And I think, gonna I think like it. you're going to like it, I think. I don't think they're going to like it. No, you're not. They're not. You are. <laughs> We're going to like it. But so, yeah, yeah, I think. Um, 
I just I just didn't I didn't have the umph the 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 power to get me through these kind of obstacles. Mm-hmm. And I would always quit and work on something new, and then quit and work on something new, and quit and work on something new until I just realized it's like I need a better way of doing this. There yeah. there are there are roadblocks that I'm I just don't have the motivation to get through. Mm-hmm. And and eventually I realized it's like you you need to kind of like you need to have small victories like or or you have to you need to have vi- like a like a go you need to go one to ten to a hundred to a thousand you can't go to a thousand immediately exactly and by that yeah. i mean a thousand is a fully fleshed out beautiful masterpiece of a screenplay and you're right. gonna go produce it and make a film out of it and that it takes it to a million yeah yeah um, a grand slam yes right off the bat you can't go to that immediately. You mm-hmm. have to start with one, and that is having a good idea. Pitch it to people. Yes. When you find that there's an idea that you believe in fully, yes. and that other people, when you tell it to them immediately, without with, even in the, the least amount of words, right? they get it, and they're like, do it. Yeah. Do it now. I sound like Palpatine. <laughs> they're like, do it. You know? And, and it's like, yes, I'm going to do it. That. Do it, not only do you have the motivation of you behind it you have the motivation of others and when the when your motivation fails mm-hmm. their motivation is going to help you through yeah and and that's what you need support system there, yeah. there is no if ands or buts you need right. that right and and you also want that because that proves that it is commercially viable it's mm-hmm. commercially yes. viable successful project because yeah if people can tell their friends about it who mm-hmm. if people if people other people like it then they can tell their friends about it yeah and if they if it's easy to explain to them then they're like, oh yeah, like like let's do it. Like like yeah. I want to go see that film. Right. And, you know that's what you need. You need word of mouth to work for you, and Definitely. so you have to make sure that other people like what you're working on. Right. And and once you get that th- like successful, you go start working on it. Create an outline or something. Go to ten. So you're going from one that the idea, ten. You have an outline or something, something bigger, but it's not like super daunting. Right. Pitch that to somebody, and then make right. sure you got it working. I did that with with my my World War II film. Sorry, I'm spitting. <laughs> but, Corona. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I told like I I told I pitched that to you and I I kind of saw where it was working and yeah. and so then I I went with that and I started writing it and I'm still writing it um and then I'll, I'll have people read the script and then I'll rework it based on that. But it's like you're not going to have a masterpiece the first time and you have to be willing right. to be bad. Yes. To be good. You have yes. to be bad first, and then you and, and you and grow. When you write, right. when you're writing, you can be you can be bad, and then because you're gonna rewrite it, you have to to get better. And now I agree. Um, I think where was I going with this? Um, I think we get. Be, sorry. No, go ahead. So basically, you like I had to learn to get feedback from others mm-hmm. because that was the thing that was becoming an issue like i i you yeah but you're you get, really good at it you so get the motivation i mean i i got I, I i was bad at it before really interesting and and you you were even i am terrible at it if i've been working on something for a long time if you've been working on something for a long time and you don't get feedback mm-hmm. especially early on you don't get those a thousand yeah. you know deaths yeah you get that one big death at the end of, like, of oh it's horrible yeah and it's like there's no changing it it's it sucks yeah. what you made because you didn't do it with feedback and what with other people in mind you did it with just you in mind and and whatever you were and it was probably not very successful and you need you you do it because you part of the motivation is i can't wait to tell people about this right and if you tell people about it and they hate it and it's like there's no salvaging it 
what are you doing it for? Right. You know? So like, yeah, you get to that point, you, you get those a thousand deaths and, and you, 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 you know, as you go. And so once it's done, you actually feel accomplished and you have people saying, this is great because yeah. it, you made sure it was, it didn't stray off the Polished course of the, line, yeah. the course of the road the entire time. And yeah, so you, you, you do that. And that's what I was missing. And then once I did that, then I was like, or, or, or not only just that, but it was like once I did a 400-page manuscript and I was able to plow my way through to, to the end, then I got feedback. Like, well, then when I started getting feedback, you know, I, I realized, you know, that's what I need. Mm -hmm. That's what I need to, to yeah. move forward is to get feedback because I need to make sure that I not only power through to the end. Right. But I also make sure that as I'm powering through, like I'm, I'm not creating unsolvable problems yes that make what i'm making completely pointless right right um, that's what people lack um nowadays i hear it's like sacrifice it's like you, you i need... agree i, I think and... we live in such a you know instant gratification world that mm -hmm. like if especially for us artists i mean it's hard enough as in the film industry and music industry um that it's like we don't get we're like working so hard and get little to no feedback from like other people other than like our, you know, our, our group, you know, when you're like, yeah. Hey, do you like this? But it's like, you know, so that we want that like now, 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 now I want it now. Mm -hmm. Like it, it needs to happen now. I have to be famous, right? I have to make that film. That's going to make me famous. The first film I do, it has to be the Rocky. You know what I mean? That's what it is. That's why I was trying to go to a thousand immediately or a million. You want that like Rocky where it's yeah, like you, you wrote want... it overnight and that it was story a is sensation bullshit to me. And I actually heard. No, it's not. It wasn't overnight, mm -hmm. guys. If you hear the Rocky story and Sylvester Stallone Don't wrote Rocky, people's dreams. no, fuck your dreams. <laughs> Rocky was not written in in over forty eight or 20, 24 hours or whatever it's called. It, no, the first draft was, but the first draft was garbage. It was dog <laughs> shit. You, there's an interview out there with Stallone saying that it was terrible. Mm -hmm. I forget what I think it was. Maybe a um, what's the, what's the interview guy? Uh, um, I forgot what his name is. Big hair. What's his name? Excuse me. Um, um, Howard Stern. Oh, Howard Stern. <laughs> big uh, hair. Big hair. No, yeah. So I, I, it might have been that or it was like a morning talk show or whatever. It was the first draft. Now you can write a good, and you can write a shitty first draft in 24 hours. It's easy. Right. Just you have to, or no, it's not easy. It's but hard. But still his but first it, draft got like. That's what, that's actually what, Um. what's, what, what? But his first draft got. The, it, it had the core elements. It was a grand slam. It was. Right. It, it had the core elements. And Whether you, it was like, he wrote that specific. No, you don't still, have to, you don't have to write a, a, a first draft. I don't, but we you, all want to. No, you can. <laughs> we, you, can you can do that. We're impatient. Here's the thing. You can write a shitty first draft in 24 hours if you have an idea, but you need that idea first. He had that idea. Start with the idea. Pitch it to somebody. Tell yeah. them. And then if you and it's working, then go and write it. Go and write this shitty first draft. And it's going to be shitty. It should be shitty because it's like when, when you do that, then you free yourself to, to be prolific. Oh, yeah. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I think it was months, eight months or something where they were just revising, revising it or years, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. They just kept revising it. And I think I feel like I'm going to struggle with this with my with my screenplay because I'm like, you, you you should just get feedback early on. And, and I know I of, want you to read it and see what you think so far. I, I think so. you, you, you know, you you should also like work on what is the idea. Not you don't have to talk about it right now on the podcast because I, I don't. Right. Want you no, to, no, yeah. right, right. Um, you know, like like you, you have to pitch the idea of it first and then figure out what that is based on the way people react. And then you exactly. work from there. Because yeah. like that, that's 
this is just something I've learned like the hard way. Right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so Rocky was not written in 24 hours or 48 hours. It was the first draft, the first shitty draft was written after he had an idea, and then he took that first draft and then had people read it, got feedback, worked on it over a course of 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 months. Mm-hmm. So yes, you can have a first draft. And it can have the core elements that make it work, but you and make it the to, grand slam. Yeah, but also, you have we to need to polish it. You have to work on it. We need to just do our live our own. Like, there's no formula. But that, that's the thing about this industry. Everyone's like, yeah. you have to do it this way and this way. And it's like, you I know think, what? Just make your art. If someone likes it, they're gonna pick it up. That's just that's just what it is. I think there 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 is some Indication. truth to formula, not formula itself, but it's like there are guidelines. There are mm-hmm. guidelines that you you might want to follow because if you follow them, they do something, and you can and and if you feel that effect when you hear about these guidelines you're like yeah i could see that working mm-hmm. so i want to try it um i do that a lot yeah this was a cork board not for this there's a this blue cork board you can't see this on the camera but um that's where this is attached to it's a it's a cork board i put up for that for right. storyboarding i put all these cool. index cards with with i took index card like I, I made index cards out of plot points from all these different systems and formulas of screenwriting yeah and I said, all right, fuck the page number. Fuck what percentage of the script, uh, percentage way of the script this needs to happen on or what act or whatever. Right. Or, or well, I did put um, little index cards with acts numbers on it. But I took all the points, the raw like points of screenwriting from all these different people and formulas. And I put them on there. Um, even things from 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 mythology um and i i just put them all together and i was like all right how what are the commonalities well the, you know and and i figured out proportionally where each thing happens mm-hmm. in my, where it seemed like each thing kind of lined up and it does all yeah. line up yeah and like i kept everything in order each thing right. was in in its order that it came in right but right. they were you know proportionally yeah. a lot like aligned to match up where this scene has this thing happening in this system, this thing happening in this system, and this thing happening. Like um, the the meeting with the mother um, mm-hmm. in mythology or whatever, the, the mother figure the, or the, you know, it's this, I forget what, what, what that means or whatever, but it's like, or I don't know, it's, it's the feeling of safety. You've come to safety. That yeah. also lines up perfectly with the midpoint, which in some things is the victory, the right. false victory. Right. Where you've, achieved what you're after right why does that that seems to line up some way sorry i'm spinning the 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 meeting with the mother the goddess it's this false victory it's like you feel comforted by it but it's not you know like like it's not it's 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 not what you're after you're not right you're not right. you you set out on this journey but it's not the goal and goal that you're reaching for the journey it's something else mm-hmm. those line up um there's there's just a ton of things like that like like and also uh what you it teaches you things about that you the other you know screenplay formulas don't teach you it's like Mm. there's in act three it's like all right you've you've gotten the boon Mm -hmm. that you're after um and that's also where things kind of you know the dark night of the soul we've we've you know had the, the confrontation with the father figure those things line up but now now it's like all right now we have the return journey which is just as hard as getting here Right. And, and right. it's like, like, uh, this is a terrible analogy, but the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, did you see that? No. Where they have, the, they, they were given a bag of wind to return home. Uh. 
after getting uh, Hasselhoff or something, or no, 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 after getting like the crown back or, or something for, for to like save Mr. Krabs. And then I remember, I love the scene where they open up the, uh, they're reading the instructions on how to use the bag of wind. And then Patrick is, is acting it out as he was, as Spongebob was going through it. And then yeah. he mistakenly opens it and then lets it go. And it's like, make sure you're on board one before you open it or something. Like, and, and it's like, that was their way home. He's like, oh, shit. Right, right, <laughs> and right, right. Like, <laughs> it's like, that was perfect because it's like, how are they going to get home? And then Hassel, David Hasselhoff comes and they, they ride on his foot mm. or something. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but nice. Like, I just love, I love that comp when you combine and you compare these, these systems. Yeah. You can pick and you have a lot of things to pick and choose from. And it's a lot can, of liberty, and, but. Yeah, and you get to do something that works for you and and then also you know the, the biggest problem with the the idea of this page this blank page is nothing's tell like you need rules you you know in order to be a person you need a set of rules to live by mm -hmm. you know that's yeah. just that's something i would love to go into but it's like you you have to um you have to come up with rules for yourself so i would use rules of like let's let's choose something from the, these one of these formulas or something um just to Right. I think that they're like, I think guidelines are yeah. not that there's no guidelines in like story writing. Obviously there, there is like, you know, there is always like the, the climax, the, whatever you learn in English, you know what I mean? Um, but what, what, what I mean by like formula in the sense where it's like, you know, they tell, and this is an actor standpoint, they tell actors, you need these $500 headshots. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's like, what you need to do is just network, keep doing your art. And like, you know, you know, go to different auditions like everyone keeps telling you you have to do uh commercials and it's like you don't have to do commercials like that's not it's not a full safe formula because you hear about all of these famous actors who didn't do any of those things and just was walking down the street um so and, and, and that's what i meant by like guidelines there's no guidelines there's no like formula in the sense where it's like if you do this, you will always be successful because it's not true. There's many actors who pour money into getting updated headshots every six months and are still not getting anything other than yeah. commercials. And they're not doing any art that they want to be doing. It's just all about like knowing people, being in the right places, like sheer luck. It really is just sheer luck, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but we get we want those guidelines, I think. And I think what, we, what you were saying, like... I, I write very differently than you. Mm -hmm. uh, I've used a lot of what you have um, suggested, like the whole note card thing has really been great. Um, but I have not written an outline. I I can't articulate what it is I that even, I... No, I don't write outlines. Oh, I mean, I, I would write like a summary some like for sometimes. A summary. Or... Um, I can't, for some reason, I... But, but my first draft, I want to write it start to finish. And then before yeah. I even start rewriting anything. Right. And that's what I... So I'm like, I'm so bad at articulating things that I just let the characters speak at what I'm trying to get at. Mm -hmm. um, and I th when I get caught up in, in like, and it's supposed to mean this and this, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, just let the story tell you what it is. And I think that that's how my style is but obviously that's a very different style than you approach it which is there's nothing wrong with that so in in that sense the formula where it's like what works for you and mm -hmm. having like writing the the note cards and putting them in the in the in the little box like that helped me tremendously yeah. because i didn't feel like oh well, i'll get there yeah it, it takes the pressure off you're like oh i have i can just think about whatever i want yeah. whatever i want instinctively Put it in the box. Did it and work? Then I have it. Right. It's, it's there. It's Can safe. I work it in? Can I not work it in? That kind of thing. And it's it, safe that... unless the 
house burns down but right exactly um unless it's in a fireproof box unless you take pictures of each one which i do yeah <laughs> just so in case and i put it in a folder on my phone <laughs> but that's you gotta like some people they do everything on their phone i don't do anything on my phone i do it all like written mm. um i mean well i write on the computer obviously because it's just faster but like my ideas i don't keep it in my phone i i have um written things you know mm-hmm. so i think it's just depending on like find what works for you um and just do it that way. Stop getting bogged down on like, this is the way you're supposed to be doing it. Just do it and like do it fully and people will appreciate that. It's like this. It's like you can, you, you, you could be successful or, or, or fail if you use the guidelines or not. Right. And it might be because you use the guidelines or it might be because exactly. you failed to use them Nothing correctly. Nothing is false safe. Yeah. It's like, but you have to assess that and figure that out and you trust your gut. And if your gut right. tells you to do it based on the guidelines or not, right. it's up to you. Right. Exactly. Now, I, 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 I do kind of like to use the guidelines and and try to figure out how can I use these in a clever way, right. in a way that works specifically for this. And I put a lot of thought into it. But I like the guidelines um, for like screenwriting. Like like this happens here generally in this area before this thing. Can I interrupt you really quick? I have to use the bathroom so oh, bad. No worries. We can go right back into this. Yeah. No worries. All right. <laughs> so we're back again. We just had to take a bathroom break. Um, Too much water. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and uh, we'll eventually we'll put a cap in this, but yeah. Uh, no, it's no worries. I, I, I re-listen to everything. Like, like just so, because, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to like be able to fix it and then like, okay. you know, cut everything. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, like I realist and everything, so I can create the clips because I need to know yeah. where things are talking, where we're talking oh, yeah, about things. For sure. Um, someday I'll have somebody else do that for me. <laughs> Again, I don't know how they, like Joe Rogan and all them, do just like podcasts without any edit. I don't know. You just gotta get, I guess, be. Well, no, I mean, like, like really I mean, they it. cut back and forth, but like, and they could probably hide something, but it's like, I don't do know. Do they really? I don't know. I don't think they do. I think they just do it straight up. Yeah, I think they do. And I think they don't really Practice. cut. If, if somebody has to go to the bathroom, they do. Um, I think he just, he's just done it enough to know how to not. How to not, right. Yeah. Well, now I know it's never no to deal. drink it's water. It's no big deal. Um, but like, like I was saying, um, you know, sometimes I do like, like a lot of times I do like the. The, uh, it gives me something to think about. I need something to guide me in the direction of an idea. Mm-hmm. Like, I realized that this idea that I want, we're going to shoot today, yeah, it came from me, you know, seeing something that somebody else did. Oh, this is cool. A limitation. Let's do a video, like a horror film in 60 seconds. I want to try that. And But I couldn't think of any ideas. Like, I've been trying to think of sketch ideas or whatever for so long. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll have an idea. Maybe not. But it has to be good. And then I, I listened to something about you know horror films, the celestial horror films or something, how they don't do well, and I was like, oh, I mean, maybe I could, maybe I could try my hand at something like that. Or but I, what I came up with that wasn't like that. Right. But it was, it came from watching those two things, and it just came to me, and I was like, oh, that's an idea. Right. Uh, it just, I ha- came to me during a nap, and I was like, that's where I knew it was good, you know. Yeah. Because I was like, those nap, right, those nap ideas, nap man. Nap ideas are the best. They are. Or meditation <laughs> ideas, but usually nap ideas are yeah. great. Um, I'd never like woken up in the middle of the night and actually wrote something down and be like, this is great. Uh, but you know, like I yeah. nap usually or workout ideas come, come ideas come from that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I think, um, yeah, uh, 
I think um, I can hear him from upstairs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, that idea is uh, a good one. But it came from me being guided that way. Yeah. And you need something, something to limit you. And it, it kind of, I want to turn the topic to this, something I yep. was learning about from like Jordan Peterson is the nature of being is limiting is is the is is lim is the nature of of limitations you have to being is about being limited mm -hmm. being alive you know is being you know you're living within limitations you're gonna die someday yeah or you can only do this you have to obey the laws of physics right um but if you don't have any of those any and if you don't have limitations of some sort physically or whatever mm -hmm. it's like you're god like mm -hmm. god is is all th or, or something like that or you're not yeah. a being you're not alive right you know so or you're not human or something it's like well so, you're like unlimited unlimitless which is and, it, and yeah. that's what that's how creativity works and and it's like it's interesting that they're the same thing that you know you you have to you have to embrace the limitations you have to be like okay i'll work within these limitations and i'll do the best i can within these limitations right and that's where you can be successful is when you accept that and you're like okay how can i do the best at this you know so that's that's what i i, I think is uh yeah i think that uh well i mean it's important that everybody has um structure routine uh and boundaries because you know, if you just have none of that, you're just this like chaotic mess of a thing that can't get your life together. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. I know for like, uh, for children, uh, you have to establish a routine with them from the get go. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't, that's when you get the kids who are very misbehaved and, um, neurotic and all that, because when you don't, when you just let your, yourself be to the own devices or whatever that saying is um like you really get neurotic when they're I, I mean for me i need a routine i need to be you know doing something and have a schedule of some sort um going on and jordan peterson talks about this all the time and he's like if you have the freedom to make the schedule that you want like mm -hmm. that you that's going to make you successful no one's you know you have liberty over all of that, you know? And, um, I mean, some people I, I realize maybe don't have as much liberty, but it's just like, try to make your schedule the best that you can make it. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. That's the trick, the secret. And it's so true. Like just make your day the way you want it to be. And everyone, I feel like gets caught up on like, well, I need enough sleep and this and that. And I'm like, like if you need to wake up an hour earlier so that you have time for yourself during the day, just do it because your body will get used to it. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you're like only sleeping four hours, then yeah, I mean, there's exceptions obviously, but yeah, it's like, uh, like another thing he says is like you, you, people need, people need routines. Yeah. Like you need a daily routine. Um, and you need to like, like, like if you want to like improve your health, um, that's something I really, this isn't something I, I've, 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 I, I remotely do right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like waking up and, and falling asleep at the same time every day is yeah. immensely helpful. Yeah. So much happier. 
um if you yes. if you have like a night shift or something it's like that's really horrible for you because it's mm -hmm. like like if you're if you're only awake at night it's like be, be like being awake during the day is, is super important yes and and also waking up early is yes. super important like jocko willink would say and and like the Navy, you know him you follow him um no the navy actually. seal commander he, uh wrote, wrote the book uh extreme ownership which is probably it, it's it's one of the most simple ways of of, ex of explaining leadership that i've ever come across it's like just saying, you know, just realizing it's like taking full ownership of of, of an issue, mm -hmm. of a problem. It's like, you know, it's like it, yeah. you know, this went wrong. Guess whose fault it is? It's your fault. Mm -hmm. Guess whose fault this is? It's your fault. Mm -hmm. Even if it's something that's out of your control sometimes, it's like if you can accept ownership of that problem, yeah. you often can find ways to mitigate them happening in the sure. future, even though that they weren't your responsibility. Or handling them in a way where it's like, well, this was not in my control, so I can handle it better than like, yeah. because you have that um, You take ownership, you, right. you then create You have a strong foundation. Way to mm -hmm. fix it. So it doesn't rock you when things happen out of, you know, uncontrollably. You're not rocked because you have a solid foundation where it's like, okay, well, you mm. know, I have a strong fortress. It doesn't really, yeah. you know, affect it's like, me. It's like, uh, there's a flood coming. It ain't my fault. Well, well, if it is, then what, if you take it on yourself as your own fault mm -hmm. and this is your own responsibility, then you go and create an arc or something. Or yeah, whatever, you go you and know, you fix medical. it because you are solid in knowing I can do this because you're already yeah. in a good disposition. And I just think about that. And Extreme it's, ownership. Well, but it's what I'm doing. Exactly what you said about, you know, the routine and all of that. Every single successful person has a routine. Now is the routine the same through every successful person absolutely not okay i'm sure ben stiller does something different than you know uh i don't know someone else joe rogan you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um, but it's like it, but the thing is that everyone has a routine and any therapist you talk to or psychologist or anyone tells you you need a routine that is the one thing that they will mm -hmm. tell you so it's just like listen and get a routine for yourself Make it your own routine. Do it the way you want it to do. If you want to play video games for an hour in the morning, play video games for an hour in the morning. Who's you told me I something? It, but yeah, like like meditate in the morning. Right? Uh, at least have time that may, to yourself in the morning. Well, this is what you told me, and I my life has changed ever since you told me this, and I started doing it, and it is a thousand percent factual. And I don't know if you still do this, but this is what you told me when we first met, I believe one of the things you told me, you were like, you know, you're more successful if you do something for yourself before you have to like go to work or do something yeah. of like labor. If you do something for yourself in the morning, um, you, you'll have a more successful day. So I started to get up early and do something that like I enjoyed, like um, whether it was like just watching TV to wake up or um, anything. Like I usually do it right in the beginning. So I feel like I did something before work. Mm -hmm. I think that was you probably i think i did it something. really I helped me to, i say it to everybody i know so it, it helped me <laughs> you it, know i think i do remember telling you now well it helped me be everyone's like oh i'm not a morning person I'm like well how are you waking up are you waking up you know 10 minutes before you're supposed to be somewhere are you waking up like way too early yeah. to be somewhere like well, how are you waking up how is your morning because i don't think i'm a, i mean maybe i'm just in denial but mm -hmm. i don't think i'm a morning person but ever since i started doing what like i get up an hour early before i have to even start getting ready just so that i can you know, and I, and I pray in the morning. So, mm -hmm. um, like, and then I do something that I want to do and then I get ready. So like I give myself a very, like a, a morning for myself 
rather than a morning that I have to get ready to go here and then I have to wait all this time mm -hmm. to do something for myself. It's like, well, I just already did it in the beginning. And my mornings have been great. And I feel like, you know, again, I don't wouldn't say that I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. Could be in denial. But just because I just made my mornings more enjoyable, I don't dread waking up in the morning, you know? It's it, it's like um Oh, I just hurt my stomach. That was me. No, that was me. Okay. I, I can feel it. Um, so one thing I heard from Paul Thomas Anderson, the, the the filmmaker, he's a great screenwriter and he's a great director. He's one of the best. He's up there with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino thinks of him as like 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 the uh, like it's like um, Muhammad Ali and, and whoever else. Yeah. Is, you know, like it's that he, he he his film There Will Be Blood like like really like was like oh shit now I gotta really bring the guns that's what Quentin <laughs> Tarantino said it's like that he one thing he did he had to start doing when he had kids and that occupies his, his time completely it's like or, or it creates so many distractions um, when it came to writing his writing routine he usually, I think he usually did it like at night or like later. He had to start doing it in the morning. Mm -hmm. He would wake up before his kids, get his writing done in the yeah. morning. And, and you know, that way he, you know, could get. Yeah. And and I hear that that's like if, if, if I were to do my routine differently, I would probably do that. Like if you're a writer and you have like, like kids or something, it's like try that. Wake yes. up an hour or more. Or, yeah, like two hours or four hours, no, no. but like like, <laughs> like 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 as early as you can so you have as much time to write as possible and then spend that morning writing if you if you don't want to meditate spend that morning writing and writing working on a script that you love or something it's like even if it's for half an hour and you spend the other half just like cultivating you as a person like what do mm -hmm. you enjoy do something that you enjoy in the morning so that way you start off already on a great foot you know yeah. like oh i got to watch my favorite i mean i started this and i when i binge watched game of thrones um <laughs> i used to wake up two hours before i had to get ready to watch two episodes mm -hmm. so that i could uh get caught up before this you know the last season and um i realized that i was like man this is just so great because i didn't feel like i woke up got ready for work went to work then by the time i got home i have to cook dinner and then it's like and then finally i have time for myself well great because now i'm like exhausted from the day and you usually are like well yeah. i'm gonna be lazy and i want to go to bed and then you usually just go to bed but when you wake up and just make the morning that you want the morning to be mm -hmm. like sacrifice that hour of sleep. I'm telling you, it's not an hour of sleep is not going to make a bit of difference in your life. Um, especially if you're getting like anywhere from six to these people who like sleep nine hours. I'm like, dude, is that you? No. <laughs> okay. I'm like, just like, I'm like, if you're getting nine hours of sleep, you need to like take two of those hours and stop sleeping and do something productive for yourself to make yourself happy because you don't need nine hours of sleep. You just don't need it. I mean, and if one day you do want to take nine hours of sleep, fine. But it's like, if you want to be productive, I heard it's like seven take the steps when you're adult. Yeah. Seven hours is, ideal. is the I, I ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's true. I, I wouldn't go under that. Honestly, I think I, I, just from what I've heard. Um, and yeah, no, I think I wouldn't um, either. I agree. I think seven is seven is what you need. Get good. seven hours of sleep. And, you know, if one day you want to get more, fine. It depends on your day. I get it. If you did extraneous work and your body's like, I need to sleep. <laughs> of course, listen to yourself, listen to your body. But, like, don't waste your life on sleeping or, like, you know, 
laziness. Just yeah. do something for you that you enjoy doing. Work out. Work, Work out, out in the morning is great. Yeah. I mean, just find something that you enjoy doing. Do it. Like, do it. Set yourself up for do success. It. Do it. Do it now. Um, but yeah, I just think that it, people use excuses a lot of time and it's like, well, I'm not a morning person. It's like everyone can be a morning person. It's just how you make your morning. Some people are not night people and it's like everyone can be night people. It's just how you handle the night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, and I don't even like know necessarily what makes you a night owl. What is it that you just like to be up late? Uh, I mean, I think, um, I, uh, like, I, I, so there's, uh, there's a thing I, I actually knew I've known about where there are, there are two hours in the day that are the most productive there is. Um, and, and there's like, I think science and stuff like scientific studies that back this up. There's, I think it's between nine and 10 AM and then there's either one and two or it's two and three i think it's one and two in the morning in, in the a.m one and two a.m i think because that's like like it's i, I might be wrong about that mm-hmm. one i know it's nine and ten because i used to plan my writing for them mm-hmm. um because like if you want to like I, I i honestly don't go over an hour of writing but if you want to really maximize that hour do it between nine and ten a.m like not even kidding interesting like or one and two a.m i think it is. if you can i know people work but. it's like what happens when you do that is is um I think for nine and ten a.m. the reason why is and and same with one and two it's like basically the world has gone to work everybody's away and it's mm-hmm. like everybody's there's like least amount of distractions right and so like our you know biologically we're tuned to be the most creatively productive at that time. And 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 also interestingly enough, um, one and one like nine and ten a.m. is often the best, like the most productive, or or that's actually the the where the most memes get sent out nowadays. <laughs> so really? Yes. Does no one work the, anymore? Most, like the most, like there was most activity. Like like if you want to wow. post something that go gets very viral or whatever, it's like go, go post at nine and ten a.m. Yeah. Like you're gonna get the most views. I was learning. I was doing some re- heavy research on how to get like videos to be viral. Yeah. If you can like post something like on us on like a Reddit or something at nine and ten a.m., you're gonna be more successful. And I did that. Mm-hmm. And what happened mm-hmm. was one thing i got like got a thousand views wow it's not it's not a i think i've heard that it's something similar to that but yeah. it's like you want to know why why people suck nowadays in terms of productivity that's it's because why. of that the most productive hour of the day during daylight is spent browsing the internet mm. sending shit to your friends that you think is funny i just get <laughs> off the internet people that's i what's just what's going on but then <sighs> um 1 and 2 a.m. everybody's asleep Mostly. Mm-hmm. So it's those two hours that of the day that are the most productive. Interesting. Um, scientifically. Interesting. And if you like, like I, I noticed the difference. Like, I think when whenever I was like writing between nine and 10 a.m., it's like. But well, it's hard. Sometimes it's like hard. You just like like you're, you're slow and you don't get started until like 30 minutes. in. it's like whatever. 
Right. Well, I think again getting that has to do with how do you getting it in exactly at that time. Right. Well, and I think it is again how do you wake up? Are you waking up ten minutes before nine to write, or are you giving yourself? Well, I'm not time? saying like do that, but like if you can write, like. Mm-hmm. If you can wake up earlier than that, get 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 some things going, like get, a thousand get, percent. get a work in, out in, like nap, nap or whatever. Like I, I, I don't know, something like that. If if you can, I'm just a big. I'm a big. It, just because of from my own experience. Work, so of, of course, like I mean, I'm just speaking from my experience and what works for me and what I've like noticed is that it's just all on how you wake up. If I wake up, I miss my alarm. I'm running out the door. My day is just not as good. It's just not as productive. But when, if I give myself time to just, and even it's not false safe. I mean, there are times where I give myself that and I'm still like, ugh, like I don't want to go or I don't want to do this, but it's just, it's a different, like you're stepping off. I feel like on the right foot Mm -hmm. when you give yourself self care in the morning to have a nice productive day. Um, and get, I, I mean, I, and I think another, another for success just with phones, I think we need to have limits like at a certain time at night, just decide what time that is where you stop going on your phone at all. Like no texting, no calling, no, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use, there has to be limits and boundaries on that for yourself mentally, because it's like, just turn off. I put my phone on airplane mode. Um, when I go to bed and it doesn't come off airplane mode until or uh, until I'm done meditating and then I don't look at anything that people sent me Mm -hmm. like it's still on do not disturb I don't look at I have like a folder at the end of the if you keep swiping the screen yeah at the end of the list so like it's it's hard to get to yeah and it's like I keep all my distracting things like email um social media i don't even actually i delete all social media apps in terms of like instagram facebook every night um or actually whenever i go to do working on writing or whatever because there's distractions yeah like i I go and i cleanse my brain with my with a nap so Mm -hmm. that it's right ripe and fresh and then like i I, if if anybody interrupts me before i go to from going from nap to writing it's like it it just throws me off yeah so i I don't like like i'll just go take another nap and then go write and then right um yeah like like i I, is so crucial for me to like in the morning i wake up get to my meditating meditate go work out or but no interruptions before i meditate because that throws me off the rest of the day too right I try i try not to right um well, we just waste so much time. Our generation just wastes so much, so much time on the internet and social media, and uh, it's just sad because it's like, let's just be. How can you be productive? I'm going to tell you, and I, you know, fall off. I'm not innocent to this either, because yeah. um, I fall off the productive horse, and I'm filled, you know, constantly looking at Facebook and whatnot. But, um, but the times when I like put that as a limit, and it's like, okay. You know, and there was a time where I deleted my Facebook entirely. And oh, my gosh, the like burden that has been lifted when you delete all of your social media is just just profound. Um, And that's why I think like I'm not saying like you need to get rid of it totally. But like we need to as a society figure out how to limit ourselves from this. Oh, I definitely want to talk about that addiction thing that we have on our at our fingertips. One, one thing, that, real quick though, that sucks is I, I'm realizing. I think wedding videography is like it. It's really doing well when when you have social media and people to send yeah. it to. And yeah. So that's it. Sucks for me because it's like that's you know if there's not going to be much of as much of that. I think like people aren't going to be wanting like this. I don't know. 
like this narrative. Did you see the one I did? The narrative, uh, what, or like a narrative style so. wedding film I did. It's or like 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 a very cinematic one. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be as as popular or you know matters much to people. Maybe it will. Probably will. Because I mean, I if, if they enjoy watching it, I, they loved it. Like you know. Yeah. And the the wedding the the bride and groom have to care the most. Yeah. <laughs> so you know I think like it yeah most. it's like you have to. You, you it's like kind of like the highlights so i guess it works still but it's like there's an incentive to put it on the internet and have mm-hmm. all your friends see it yeah like, f- like it has I, last time i checked like days ago or something it has like 5.5 thousand views mm-hmm. wow yeah um wow. on facebook at least on, yeah on youtube it has 80 something views <laughs> so um but you know it's like you uh where was it going where was it going with this what were we talking about? We were talking about limiting your phone oh, and social media. Social, social media. media, yeah. So I recently was learning about. I didn't watch the. There's a film on YouTube, um, documentary um, called "The Social Dilemma." I don't know if you heard about it. I've not. Um, Thirty-two, thirty-something million people have watched it, mm-hmm. and it's started this kind of conversation about about social media that hasn't that I've been kind of aware of. But now I've since I I didn't watch that. I did watch the or listen to the the rogan interview with um the guy in it one of the guys in it who mm-hmm. i think in, in, invented the facebook like button oh wow and it the things i heard about scared me um i, I, I want to watch this now yeah it scares me because i realize we're kind of running like like we're kind of running off a cliff um yep we are what and i real i look around and, I, and it, it it's making sense where all the problems are coming from right now yep. the polarization it's all social media the reason why yep. social media is competitive they're businesses they have to compete to survive Big tech. if they don't they have to they, if they don't it's 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 wolf eats wolf you know mm-hmm. it's, it's dog eats dog whatever you want to call it <laughs> I like um, the wolf eats wolf wolf eats wolf <laughs> you know it's 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 a land of wolves uh, if you've ever seen sicario or something that's a great movie um you have to compete and, and one of the things that they do is like they have they run algorithms they track progress on things right. all the time and what they need are eyeballs the product isn't facebook you are the product yep. for Facebook. Yep. Your attention becomes their product that they sell to advertisers. That advertisers. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. They're not going to make money without that. Yep. I get it. Yep. Now, what they do to beat the competition is they look at what consumes the most attention. Yeah. What Facebook feeds you is is a seriously complex uh, system that's tracked all your behaviors on there. Right. Everything you've looked at, everything you've liked, everything you've engaged engaged with, they've created a a, a, a voodoo voodoo doll, so to say, of you based mm. on what works for you, mm. based on what works for you, based on what works for everybody else, other people like you. Mm-hmm. What work what you like gets combined with what other people like mm-hmm. and compared, and if something seems to like with a lot of people that like a lot of the same things that you like, right they then put that in front of you right and if you can you want to test this you you show somebody you show you you show your friend your own facebook feed Mm -hmm. or somebody else a stranger maybe somebody who you don't you know probably not doesn't necessarily have the same values as you they're going to look at it and they're going to say this isn't very interesting right 
You know why? Because it's not for them. It's for you. Yes. It's based on you, based on yes. what you've behaved, done and looked at yep. and consistently look at and, yep. and, and, and respond to. And so what usually gets the most attention from you is things that either agree with you or, you know, you know, profoundly you agree, you agree with disagree. Right. If, if it's, or I think, I think, I think, and I, that was surprising to me because I was like, well, I thought it was, it was stuff that you, you disagree with. Mm -hmm. But if it were that we wouldn't have the problem we have now with, with things being po so polarized. The, the problem is they show you things that you do agree with that agree with mm -hmm. your way of thinking. And, um, and, and, uh, some other things, but it's like, you, there's a balance i see a lot of things that and, and you and, you, fire and me basically up. news media has to compete with this and they do that through outrage through um hope creating hope mm -hmm. uh through you know just a number of things oh building up people and if then it bleeds, and then it, it leads you know mm -hmm. all right so do it thomas prophet and darlene a sacco and uh you guys know where to reach me how can they reach you? or how can they find you follow you um follow me right now i don't have anything but follow me on instagram at darlene asako is there any like underlines or spaces or anything now i can't remember if there's dots between darlene a dot sacco well you'll see her face i'll tag her in, in yeah anything or in or the in the comments in the below comments. yeah or in the description in the description below yeah. um i really have to get yeah, me too um and get then we gotta get the the video or yeah we gotta shoot Perfect. the video all right so cool thanks for having me Thanks for yeah. Thanks for ha thanks for coming on. And then uh, uh, I real quick. Uh, one thing is like I think I think what I did with this was I I I chose to have a day where I just focused on recording stuff. Yeah. And previous podcast I would listen to no I, I would go do my entire writing day, be burned out, and then come into this and I was mm. like that's not a way to do this. No. But I did that this time. I, I came in without you know being burdened. Fresh mind. Fresh mind. And I think I I feel like I did. I feel like I was. You know, you're on point. You are on point. Today. You even got a, like a little glow in your eye. Yeah. From that. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Thanks for watching. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Let's see if this saves. Thanks for listening or watching. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. For notes and links to things mentioned on the show, my films, the video version of the podcast, or select the clips from each episode, go to ProfitableProductions.com backslash podcast. Profitable is spelled like my name with two F's, two T's. Also, for updates on future episodes, follow me on Instagram at Tom Profit Take and at Profitable Productions. Thanks again. Catch you on the next take.